Welcome, folks, to the latest episode of Pubcast Plays Dungeons and Dragons. Will this be the finale? Will the adventurers survive? They have gone through a lot over the last nearly two years now, and it's all starting to come to a head. So where we left off, the group had broken up, had gotten back together. They'd met up in the capital city of Terrace Moor. Um, secrets were revealed. The big bad was made known. And they now find themselves waking up, separated again once more within the, the, the castle, uh, in their selective beds, on a very deathly still and quiet morning. It's like it's that one deep breath before the, the final jump. Uh, as as they all start to kind of arouse in their beds, they can feel that it's just tense in the air. Even in anyone like anyone that's like kind of even stretching out their perceptive nature, they can see that there's definitely something. They can feel it in themselves that something is about to happen, and that's where we're going to pick it up. Um, you are all there's a group of you separated. I think um, Norman and Loran, the two of you, had slept separately than the rest of the group. Isn't that correct? Yeah, but yeah. together in the one bed. Yeah. Together in the one area. And then the rest of you were all kind of... Not area. I want to be very Okay, sure. one bed. That's okay. Because Norman doesn't usually take a bed, so I kind of figured Loran would take up the entire bed. Uh, Norman, Norman doesn't actually sleep in the bed. Uh, he just lies there, eyes open, and stares um, <laughs> for eight hours. And every time, every time, every time Loran stirs or tries to wake up, there's just these little glowing yellow lights in the dark. They're like a little nightlight. <laughs> and when you open your eyes to like stir in the night, yeah. like a gross hand just reaches out and closes them again. Just like sleeping with Ryan. Yeah, it's exactly like that. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, uh, so the two of you awake in this sparse room, a uh, bit of furniture. Uh, you're in a, you're sharing the bed. Um, and you can hear milling about outside the room. It's like you can hear the odd shout every now and again. And there's like, it sounds like people in armor are running back and forth in the corridor outside. Um, very much busy with activity. Um, so what are you, both of you doing? Uh, Sleeping in. Sleeping in. <laughs> um, Nothing going on. No, no. Nor to be. Nor- Norman's, uh, Norman's kind of antsy to, uh, to get into this, uh, get into this get into this portal um so uh yeah he's going to um just just shuffle a little bit closer so that Loran can't ignore the odor anymore and like has to wake up uh, um i think he's petty enough that he just kind of pulls the covers over his nose <laughs> I'm so sorry. norman like reaches out and pulls him down you must rise <laughs> <laughs> we have a hole to go into. <laughs> Just a normal Tuesday. <laughs> oh, <no>. I don't <laughs> follow. Um, Laurent kind of pulls the the blanket around him and kind of clambers out of the bed, upset that no breakfast has been delivered to their room. Norman, uh, who, who, how dare they Norman, treat us this badly? Norman went out during the night and like killed a squirrel with his teeth and just left it in the bed <laughs> as like a Beautiful. breakfast gift. Did you at least roast it with your fire breath first? I have a feeling. No, no, it's, it's, no. It's, 
It's raw. It might actually still be alive, to be honest. <laughs> Did you just oh, kill Tim? <laughs> Did you just kill Tim the squirrel? He was one Tim. day to retirement. Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim. So you're... Right. You can, um... <laughs> Snack on your raw squirrel and then we'll get into this hole. I mean, there's raw and there's still fucking alive. This <laughs> <I mean, laughs> squirrel is so raw, it's still jumping in my hand. Um, <laughs> he just kind of like puts the squirrel down, lets it live its little life. Um, okay, let's find some actual food. You can, uh, you can do that. I'm just very, very excited to get into this portal. <laughs> sort of really itching for it at this stage, you know? Yeah, I feel like this might be. Because you know that all those times where you where someone was like, oh, you can go home now, you can go I home just, now. And they're like, no, 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 actually, I, that was bullshit. I don't know if you've been paying yeah. attention, but I love going through portals. Yeah, I know, yeah, it's to your detriment, for sure. I, I have never oh. met, I have never actually once met a portal I haven't immediately jumped into. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! <laughs> Wayne, you're gonna have to put some sort of content warning on this. It's, uh, it's great. There's it's always a content with, warning. With the fact that this podcast plays not enough of a content yeah. warning. If you don't know what you're getting into by now. Good yeah. fucking luck to you. Um, <laughs> if you don't know me by now. First song I had jailed for first song. So. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah. So that really worked out well for you with the whole ending up in this plane thing. But I didn't <laughs> Should ju- maybe, you know, pull back on the whole to, impulsively jumping into portals. To be strictly speaking, uh, fair, I didn't jump into that one. I was pulled into uh, that well, one. That's All the other ones, that's on me, but that one no. Okay, well let's let's go find the portal to breakfast. And Loran takes Norman's hand and starts pulling him through the halls. To find breakfast. Okay. breakfast. Thanks for the qualifier there. <laughs> you step out into the hallway, and there's a lot of like you see a lot of guards um, and people basically brandishing weapons, rushing back and forth, um, as if they're preparing for something. And you do uh, as you're kind of step out very quickly. You know, like you're you're well honed Loran senses for food. You can get a sniff of, of food on the air that leads you back towards the main hall. Um, takes about two minutes to get there and you do see like it's like a buffet style and people are just mm, helping good. themselves because there's like large clumps of guards and um, well kind of armoured and weaponed people just kind of gathered around talking kind of hurriedly to each other while consuming food mm-hmm. um, Norman you, as you're kind of being pulled along it's you look over the far in Laurent's hand because of the leprosy <laughs> well, this is a newly kind of a new enough kind of uh, um, found body. Body, it's the body, the former body of Abigail Hemlock. So it's like I think it's the lepr- I think it's leprosy of the spirit. Oh, okay. <laughs> Slowly but certainly burning through he, the individual. He has the concept of leprosy. <laughs> How does one define the concept? Oh. Just look at Nor- just look at Norman, and that's yeah. the, that's the picture that comes up. Uh, <laughs> as you're kind of being pulled into the main hall. You kind of see on the raised dais and platform that you're used to now seeing at the far end, um, where that long table filled with maps and diagrams is, kind of sitting off in the corner by himself, resting on his staff, looking extremely, you know, worse for wear and worn out, is Dastius Trevelyan. Just don't and look, don't looking, look, baby. It's fine, uh, just, just ignore him. He, he's kind of looking in a way, he's looking in a way, is he? 
he's looking like like wrecked. He's he's looking pretty tired. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> and you kind of point your finger and laugh, and he doesn't really pay attention. He seems to be intently staring at the floor, and then every now and again mumbling to himself and kind of shaking his head, and then his hands kind of gesture a bit, and a few sparks kind of flicker through the air, and then he just goes back to doing what he's doing. Um, he's but, gone off his rocker. He might die. He might. Like, before the portal? Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the two of you make your way in, and, Lauren, you see, like, a large spread of, like, breads, cheeses, meats, um, there's carafes of wine, um, so like, like all large... the guys are kind of like hurriedly like stuffing breakfast and stuff. Loran is still cloaked in his bed sheets, <laughs> makes sure to sit down and enjoy his breakfast. He's not in a hurry. <laughs> He's like in their way. He's um, they're all trying to like get their their pre-war pre-portal breakfast, and he's just like they're my grapes. <laughs> <laughs> is this? It's like Sherlock in the palace. Kind of, yeah, kind of. Um, so you do like as you're right. stepping around with your sheets, <laughs> and a couple of them do trod on the on the kind of the tailing end of it, and you have to kind of reef and pull them, and they're like, oh, uh, and, and they're kind of a bit taken by your garb, seeing this gold skin tiefling, just kind of wrapped in bedding, um, and just <laughs> slowly but surely just picking food from it from the buffet, and they're all giving you kind of queer looks of like, what the hell, um, and then obviously you then do whatever you do, you take your seat, um, the rest of you, you all arise in your room. Um, together and again similar you hear no, not here. not me Wayne sure you, you're off yeah. you've gone off to do other stuff so the, um, so you have Aratir and Ogan and uh, Talazar all awakened in your room in the kind of a barracks room and there are one or two other uh, um, kind of cots there as well but they're not occupied and you hear bustling and moving outside the clanking of armour and, and shields and metal uh, uh, as you kind of guess people are kind of hurrying about Um. What do you all do? Well, I I think we've got a big day ahead of us, boys. Um, I, for one, would like something to eat before that starts. How are you feeling? How, how did you sleep well? How are you feeling after yesterday's events? A little. Uh, well, I'm going to start this day off right... <clears throat> Right, <clears throat> and I cough up a hairball. Uh, yeah, that's been um, that, that's been bugging me since last night. I still but, haven't gotten used to those. Sorry, Ogan. Uh, yeah, I I, it, it, I think it's because I'm sleeping on Shelby now that uh, I tend to get a lot more fur in there, and then I have to get out of the hole. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm gonna just try and forget about yesterday, and let's get focused on getting what we need to get done, I suppose. But after a nice brekkie. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> <laughs> is Shelby in the room with you? Does Shelby oh, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm literally curled up on top of him, and it, but I'm, it's like getting out of bed, but for everyone else, it could be unnerving. And as I go, nom, 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 I'm kind of just giving him, you know, his morning scratches, because that's when he knows that, like, you know, breakfast is happening, and, you know, I'm sure there's a bone. Yeah, Shelby just kind of stir a bit in, in the cot. The, like the cot is creaking that you're all both lying on, lying on, and his massive form kind of creaks to one side, and you slide off and land on your feet, um, uh, and, kind of, and pulls itself up and kind of starts to trump out into the room. 
uh, kind of look around to see what its surroundings is. Because it's, I mean, this is a creature that you've only recently befriended and it's used to being out in the wilderness and it's never been inside a castle before. So it's kind of like, mm-hmm. kind of looking around, kind of amused by the whole thing. We do have, uh, like, the, the night before we fell asleep, I used my, uh, another speak with animals to have chats and whatnot and get to know them a little bit better. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Tell them not to eat the rest of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, well. Um, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Aratir and Talazar, what are you two up to? Well, yeah, I'm going to get my my shit together, stick on my my armor, sort myself out, and uh, go and get some food, bring the boys with me. Well, I think, well, Ogren is obviously (laughs) hungry. Talazar, I presume you'll need some sustenance to set you up for the the rest of the day. I will. This will be... This is a long road that we've all gone on. It's time we set ourselves up and be ready for what's coming ahead. Who knows what the day is going to throw at us? Who knows? Big bald man might come out from the the clouds to say, "You die, you die." I would Show us what you've got. <laughs> <laughs> and you get a death. And you get a death. Everybody's <laughs> a wiener. Um, okay. <laughs> so uh, Shelby, Shelby is kind of scratching at the door because he can hear the noise outside and kind of pushes it. And as you open it up, you can see that there are similar to what Loran and, and to Norman saw. There's a, people just rushing about. You were close enough, closer to the main hall, um, and you kind of all make your way there. And you can see off on one table by themselves, you see uh, Norman and Loran. Loran is just wrapped in a bedsheet, you know, gently eating their breakfast. And uh, Norman is just standing there. Um, Norman is looking at the cooked uh, meats and is kind of sad that they've been cooked. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They can do. There might actually, given that there are other dragonborn here and there are other creatures of different races and lineage, there's more than likely some raw meats on offer if you. Oh fuck yeah, Norman's gone for those. Um, (laughs) They're like they're they're going to try and cater for everyone to make sure everyone has right sustenance before whatever is about to happen. Um, and you all make your way in. Um, I need, let me see now. I need just, if everyone um, that has just entered into the room, bar Loran and Norman, wants to give me a perception check. Cool. Let's get me. Astro one. While they're doing that, the image I have for Norman and Loran right now is, you know that scene in Withnall and I when they're drunk in the cafe. <laughs> <laughs> that would be five, Wayne. Cool, cool. I can, I can, I, oh, you've got, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Finest breakfast known to man, and we want it now. Yeah. <laughs> I will buy Terrace Moor and fire you all. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone on an adventure by mistake. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Is that not That's accurate? <laughs> <laughs> That's very accurate oh, for the wow. Yeah, that, that pretty much sums up this entire fucking group. Um, <laughs> 21 uh, for me, Wayne. 21. Okay, so Talazar, you definitely noticed. You see... Um, um, Dassey's Trevelyan off in the corner um, similar to what Norman saw previously he he is just sitting there kind of seems to be muttering to himself he looks wrecked he looks like he's been up for like four days straight um, big bags under his eyes uh, he's clutching his staff kind of to himself and he's leaning on it to one side and he sits in the chair in the corner um, and he's gesturing every now and again and the sparks coming out of his fingers he's looking at the floor as if he's reading something off it I I just go over to him and I say Dassey, is he, he okay? He look, he look a bit worse 
don't have ever but, uh, seen you. Looks up at you and his, his eyes look a bit boggled and he's like, um, you, ah, uh, yes. Um, you're the monk with the broken mind, aren't you? It's a little bit more together now, but yes, that was me. Tell me. I seem to be suffering from something similar, given that I've recently discovered that one of my alter egos is here in the castle uh, under under lock and key. I seem to be in proximity to him has made me incapable of sleep. Um, And my disposition has changed slightly. I'm wondering... How do you cope with such a broken mind? Well, for me, it was more ignorance than anything. I didn't know it was broken until um, several weeks ago. Might, and he kind of sits up a bit, leaning on his staff, and he's like, might you indulge me in something? Um, may I perform a slight study? <laughs> okay. What do you have in mind? A simple, a simple um, manner of me just just putting my hand on you, really, just laying on hands. Um, uh, I just uh, can, 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 I, can I get an insight check on this? Yeah, roll an insight check. Yeah, roll to find out where he will touch you. That is really good. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's a, that's a that's a ten. Ten. He he seems pretty straightforward, but he just wants to kind of reach out and. Place his hand on your forehead just to kind of get an idea. Of I'm, your... I'm not comfortable with him coming that close. I, I say you, you may touch my hand. Um, um <laughs> fair enough. Um, and he kind of what just... if he was like, oh, I'm not interested. Then I'd just be just standing there. I'm really, I'm there really, really only into one thing. <laughs> I'm standing I'm there. Coffee, I need to do this. Yeah. Um, he kind of. I, I put enough. it out like a handshake. Cool. He, he kind of puts his staff into the nook of his arm and he kind of holds it there and he just reaches out with both hands and grasps yours and pulls you forward slightly. And you feel this tingle. It's obviously not your, your, um, you know, your alabaster arm. It's a, it's your actual fleshy arm. And he, he, he grabs it and he kind of pulls Tingle-y. you towards him a bit. And you feel a pulse of energy kind of move up your arm. I need you to roll a wisdom saving throw for me, please. Oh, motherfucker. Oh. Uh, not bad, not bad. That's a 15 total. 15. You feel this energy pulse up your arm, and the back of your mind just starts to kind of back of your head starts to feel very hot. And then, as if there's kind of like somebody sticking a couple of needles into the back of your head, and it starts to sear up, and you see flashes of imagery um, of past your past life, basically your past experiences. Dealing with Dillis, dealing with um, with Vestivus, dealing with um, the monks, dealing with kind of coming back to your senses, and then all of a sudden you relive the trauma of your arm being torn from your body, like a split second of just pain flashes through you as you start to relive everything in your head, right up to this particular moment. It flashes like, like right up into your your iris to start to burn as you're like your eyes are flicking back in your head. I don't know if the rest of you see this. You could all roll perceptions if you notice this happening at all. Um, um, got Are they not in the same room? Would they not have seen this? See, so you're in. You're all in the large hall. 
So you're oh, up on okay. the raid. Yeah, you're up on the raid. Thirteen. Yeah, thirteen. Uh, let me see. Um, you look over, Arat uh, here, and you kind of see, kind no, of Trevelyan still in his chair, but his arms, his hands are kind of wrapped around. Uh, Talazar's hand and he's pulled him towards him and you can see Talazar kind of jerking slightly. I'm gonna then, I'm gonna stride over because I'm because I'm stealthy and fast. Sure. <laughs> and attempt to separate them. And um, before you even get there, um Trevelyan lets go. Okay. Um, Talazar, you stumble backwards. Um, roll me in acrobatics to see if you stay on your feet. Not bad. That's a twenty-two. Yeah, you managed to just catch yourself, Some and you're just you just see Talazar stumbling, um, and you feel Talazar, you feel a, a searing kind of heat and, and like like pins and needles all over your head and down your neck and across your shoulders, and you're just staggered by this. Um, you have basically relived every experience, past life and present, in a matter of seconds. And Trevelyan is kind of sitting back and he's kind of staring up and around, his eyes wide, as if he's kind of going over something in his head as what? he looked down on him. What just happened? Talazar, are you okay? No. Um, well. <laughs> I steady myself and leaning forward, I start arcing energy out of my staff and I say, explain yourself. Trevelyan kind of comes back to himself (laughs) (laughs) and he looks he looks up at you he's like I I mean you no harm I I simply needed to understand how a mind so broken could repair itself and it seems to be that the easiest way is through denial and self-acceptance and a mixture of the two and he kind of pinches in between his eyes and then leans on his staff and stands up. I did not mean to cause you any pain, but you were a prime subject of this instance. And I know of no one else who had such dealings with the Vestivus creature like yourself. I do apologize. Stand down and say. Be mindful of the things you do. We have a big day ahead of us. And we can't all be fighting less than 100%. Indeed. Indeed. I do apologise. And he kind of bows slightly and, and turns to kind of move away from you and kind of head over towards the throng of people and starts to move through them. Um, he then stops as he gets down to the bottom part of the dice and turns back and looks at the group. I must go make preparations for your departure. You can meet me in my tower within the next hour or so. Everything will be ready. And he turns and heads off in the direction towards his tower. Waiting. Ogan um, kind of like lifts his head from a big huge plate of mixed meats and just goes, huh? <laughs> so I rolled really, really badly from my perception, so I'm just engrossed with the food. Kind of eating it on the floor. I've taken, you said there was a buffet, right? Yeah. So I just got a big, huge pile of mixed meats and did one for Shelby, one for myself, and a big, huge bowl of coffee um, that we put in the middle, and we'll kind of just share that. That's what I've been Beautiful. doing. Beautiful. Like getting getting the, the important meal of the, of, of, uh, the first breakfast day. 
Rosine, Kim, um, yes. you you awaken if you've slept Are at you? all, and yep. you find yourself kind of in the barracks, and um, mixed bunks. So there's like other soldiers about the place. You you're not really like you used to sharing and bunking in with a crew. So um, you wake in the morning and you kind of start getting yourself ready. What do you want to do? Yeah, I'm just uh, productivity defined, really. I get up, I uh, equip myself, I um, uh, make my bed and uh, go to get breakfast. I'm uh, reliably boring in that way. Okay. My morning routine would be fairly practiced and I don't really notice uh, chaos around me, but I do want to get on with the plan for the day. Okay. Um, so I you go find to yourself. The, yeah. yeah, you do. You find yourself in the Great Hall after getting yourself together, putting on your armor, gathering your weaponry, and you step into the Great Hall just as Trevelyan is stepping away. And you, uh, as you come in, you see the group all huddled around kind of a table area. Um, I don't oh, know what, how you how you've just what? Have the group joined us now? But they're they're in the same area. I don't know if they've actually sat at the same table as you because they're. I'm I'm guessing tensions are still probably still a bit. Mm. So I don't know whether you can't sit with us. Type of a situation is going to happen, like so. It's not. It's uh, not full on mean girls yet. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so Rosine comes into the room and you see the group. They're kind of. They're all there, milling about doing their thing. You do see Loran off to one side with his bed sheets, and you see Norman with his plate of raw meat, and you see Ogan with his, uh, him and Shelby's collection of breakfasts, and then you do see Talazar and Aritir kind of up towards the raised dais, um, are, and you know. Something has definitely gone down, or well, you could roll perception and see, but your your passive is is decent enough, I guess. But you can you yeah. can, you look, you walk in, and you you can definitely see that there's a lot going on here, even amongst yeah. all everyone else, all the other denizens of this area, um, they're all prepping for battle. They're all getting themselves ready because they know something is is going to be coming soon. Um, right. and you see the group, so you're all now in the same large hall together. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, so I found a particularly delicious looking pastry and I'm gonna bring it over to Loran as a kind of a gesture of goodwill. Okay. Um, yeah, Loran's pretty forgive and forget. Uh, he's pretty lackadaisy. So he's like, oh, I like the cherries on that one. That's good. That's I saw good this and thought of you, Loran. So, Aww, your oh, thank you. Uh, is Talazar with? Aratir. I I, I kind of le- left him to kind of sort his brain out and. So he, he's off city, sitting uh, off to the side, drinking a coffee, rubbing his temple. Who's your moody friend? Wow. Oh, you. Do you not have any memory of Talazar, the monk? I remember a monk, I think. It was right back in the beginning. Um, fell, fell into a portal for a while. Lost huh? an arm. Hmm. No, doesn't ring a bell. Um, he's, a bit, he's a bit too square for you though I can understand why you didn't forget him <laughs> hanging up friendship um so um how, how are you feeling about sit sit how, how, and he like pats like the seats he's like sit sit pastries come on um 
how how are you doing? Do you know it's been a lot? Mm-hmm. It's really been a lot. I'm trying to focus myself and prepare for whatever shit that's going to go down today. Um, I feel it's my duty to fight, but there is a little bit. There's a little part of me that is like, "Why are we doing this?" I've always been the king of self-preservation. Um, oh, I know. And my advice is. If it gets too much, fuck it. You know, I mean, we're we're doing this as a, as a favor to this realm. We're not from whatever. It's it is all a bit much. Some days I just don't. Well, I say I don't think about it. If you just pretend really hard that things aren't happening, you can sometimes lie enough to yourself to believe them. That's how I'm so cheery all the time. I admire your compartmentalization skills, Loran. I really do. Um, sorry. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> and there goes his articulation again. <laughs> um, you, you He's see, also like just nude with a bed sheet as well. He's not exactly <laughs> the most elegant. Um, <laughs> I am. Um, I guess I'm the heart of a, a warrior. I do want to do the right thing. And I do mm-hmm. believe that if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out kicking and screaming and fighting and raging. Um, I do believe there is a greater good we need to fight for. But but I mean, is it worth dying for? Are you really willing to like end it all for this? If, if I can make, if I can make a difference for if I can make a difference for this world and save. Um, like a cat. <laughs> yeah. That's my squirrel. Just a, just, a, just a random tabaxi that sticks their head in into the conversation. It's like, something off my plate and fucks up. Sorry, is this the first act where the um, protagonist of the thing hurts a cat? Because that doesn't bode well for the end. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Kids, kids, wink if you need us. <laughs> you won't you won't know because he's got a wonky eye you won't know what he's trying to do oh. um, yeah, anyway you ruined my fucking line of thought anyway <laughs> um, yeah so I do I, I do believe that if, if sacrificing my life will save um, thousands I believe it's a worthy cause well and I you're appreciate very, that you don't feel that way, Loran. You're very on brand. You know what? I'll give you that. Um, very it takes cons- one to know one. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone else want to see Loran's sketch of the trolley problem? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see what happens, you know. Is um sorry, is is Norman sitting with us or oh, yeah. yeah, I think he's Norman ignoring us. We're just having the chats and he's like, whatever. This isn't part of his conversation. He's busy uh elderly bats off the ground and slurping them down like a serpent. Um Gosh. Lovely. Why would you bother using Eldritch Blast if you have fire breath? 
Oh, because uh, you're going to use that one. We can only do that once. Oh, okay. <laughs> Look at Kim there with the D&D facts. Look at Kim with the D&D facts. Huh? Yeah, I'm so proud of you, Kim. Right. <laughs> also, that would end up cooking it. Yeah. Not yeah. Oh, yeah, you, yeah. Just want it, you just want it stunned or dead. And yeah. then either or. Yeah, the glass is force damage, so it doesn't do anything but pulverize yep. them. Right. Yep. right. Um, it's like uh, it's like making a little little smoothie. <laughs> Beautiful. So, <laughs> Loran, how do you feel? Like, do you, are you going to? I know you said self-preservation is your thing. Are you going to take part at all, or are you gonna hightail it out of here before? I will trot along behind and see what happens. Okay. Mm. Very uh, grand. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, like Norman, would also like to get home, if possible. Um, this place does kind of suck. I do echo his sentiments there. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go back to my life of luxury, but... Oh, I don't want to die in the process, you know, because then I win nothing. What's in it for me? I hear the afterlives are very nice this time of year. Uh, well, maybe. Uh, I mean, I, I I, didn't. All of this was a mistake for me. Um, I mean, I just trotted along because I ended up somewhere with no recollection of where I was and sided with the first group that seemed like they could protect me. And now I'm here. We did have some fun, though. Mm. A little bit along the way. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I like that pirate. <laughs> <laughs> you remembered pirate, but not Talazar. Who is Well, yeah, he was hot, obviously. Uh, Can agree. Well, Aritir, when all of this is done and, you know, because you're also strong, you'll fix everything. It'll be great and all that. I know you're very wedded to the job and, oh, but just come love in my big castle and be my bodyguard. It'll be really (laughs) good. I pay really well. (laughs) I'll tell you what, I'll give it some serious consideration and we'll see what happens at the end of all this. Good, and in your downtime, we can like boink. Um, so, um, (laughs) (laughs) really, really, really killed the whole end of the world vibe there, didn't it? <laughs> um, the episode. In the, the end, we can boil. Yes, thirsty little gremlin. <laughs> I'm a happy oh pansexual. Oh, we're getting hot in here. Oh. <laughs> uh. I'm actually roasted. <laughs> uh, <Quite yeah>. So um, while that's happening, Rosine, you've arrived in. You see Ogan, you see Talazar. You do see that trio of groups sitting over there together. Is there anything you want to do? Do you want to approach them? Is there anything you had planned you wanted to do? Um, I'm going to uh, circle around to the any members of the council that are there 
uh, check if there's any updates, and then I'm gonna make uh, make my way over. I know that I'm probably gonna end up teamed up with these guys. Yeah, and there wasn't uh, these folks, and there wasn't uh, there wasn't a I, I didn't fully get it yesterday. So I'm going to try and uh, get a bit f- more familiar with them so that I know uh, I know that they know they have me whenever things kick off. So I'm going to, mm, who am I going to head towards? I'm going to go towards the people I annoyed the most. I'm going to go over to uh, Loran, Norman and Aratir and I'm going to sit nearer to Aratir if that's... Okay. Why does everybody see Aritair as the trusting one? Well, right now, you are dressed it's... in the captain of the guard's garb. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So you I are do wearing a modified, yeah, you're, you're wearing a modified version of that armor that suits yourself. Yeah. So it's still Aritair, but it's also a figure of, of authority. So people you see you... You reflect my authority. Yeah. It's also the tall effect. <laughs> it's also the tall effect. If you're very tall, people will automatically use you as some kind of meeting point, you know. That's true. Oh, but, yeah. oh you get it, Darren. Yeah. Oh, doesn't get it, but you know. I don't know. It sounds like Aritir's getting it after this. Aritir, that thing you said. Have you tried these delicious breakfast with chocolate salty balls? Wow. Welcome to 2002. Oh my god, so good. Okay. Um. So, Rosine, you sit down next to Aritir. Hello, children. Welcome to my buffet. Uh, I have got the Salisbury steak, and I'm going to sit down next to Aritir. Um, So, uh, yeah, I'm going to sit down at the table, and I'm going to kind of uh, warmly, but also curtly nod at everybody, and... um, uh, uh, open with um, I trust you all had a good night and then I'm going to start eating cool. um, and if there's nothing else anyone else wants to do or talk about or, or to kind of discuss between the group as you kind of start to get together Arati, you see Rosine sit down next to you if there's any conversation you guys want to have feel free to have it um, if not we can start getting ready for you to go visiting at, um, to Dacius if you wish to is um, the Darcyist that was that did the thing with my hand? Is he gone? Or yeah, as I said, he headed off to his tower and told yeah. you to come meet him there within the next hour or so. Um, yeah, and, and just because I don't know what chance we have of, of shoehorning in another Springsteen moment before the end. Uh, uh, as I was walking in, he was walking out. So. Nice. Okay. Um. <laughs> Sorry. Um. So. <laughs> Talazar, did you want to do something? Did you want to talk to anyone? Or um, I just um, explain to me how how Talazar would be left after that interaction with. Trevelyan. You're pretty dazed, actually. You're you like you're sitting there sipping your coffee, and your head feels the back of your head and your shoulders feel like this tingling sensation that is slowly but surely dissipating. But having to, being forced being forced to relive. Mm. all of those moments in a matter of seconds it 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 obviously left its its kind of mental mark on you it's not a nice thing to have to wake up to first thing in the morning 
and it's definitely left you a bit frazzled and you do feel a bit like you slept well enough but there is a mental drain there um, that was going to be my next question is like does he feel like as if he's like in mechanical there and taking a point of exhaustion or anything or well yeah do me a favor roll me when I get to the roll, roll me constitution saving. No, const- no, come here. Roll me constitution saving throw. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be an eleven. And um, while you feel tired and you feel like the back of your head is is slightly like it's like a it's like the remnants of a hangover, mm-hmm. you don't think you're being affected too much. You can kind of feel okay. Okay. There's no obvious side effects from what Trevelyan did to you. And would he have been made to relive the moment at which his memory was lost? Yes. Like the, yeah. So. Okay. As I said, he, he you kind of went through every stage of like pre everything that happened to you with this group, back to when you started to remember or were remembering time with being Vestavus's envoy, being sent up north investigating mm-hmm. the portals that type of stuff you start to relive that you did relive that very very briefly like split seconds um you know so that type of stuff think think uh think uh shepherd's memories in mass effect when he's reliving the stuff mm-hmm. about the ancient kind of prophecies that type of shit weird flashes of horrible images that just affected your mind very very briefly but you you can't really tell if it's going to have a long-term effect for now you feel a bit more grounded for sure once you're out of it but only time will tell I am just gonna put myself into a bit more of a meditative kind of position on the bench or wherever I am and okay. just kind of meditate for a minute thinking on what's happened and just kind of um, uh, just thinking of my deity, that's all. Um, okay. I'm gonna make a paper plane out of a napkin and throw it at Talisar. <laughs> Snatch it out of the air. Um, <laughs> While you're meditating, roll me a roll me a wisdom check. Check or save? Check. Okay. That's sixteen total. You try to meditate, and you can't. Okay. You are there's too much going on in your mind. Some dude keeps throwing planes at you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, even though you managed to catch it, you caught it because you were aware of your surroundings. You could not put yourself in a meditative state. And it worries you slightly because when you close your eyes and you try to meditate, you see random images of your past. And each time a new plane comes over, I'm able to just deflect them. Sure. It matches. Okay. Actually, actually, the the, 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 the next one that does come across, I do snatch it and shove it back without looking. Okay. Um. Are you, okay, you're just throwing it back without looking. It just. Um. Yeah, you could you could roll you could roll an attack roll to see if you if you actually throw it back in the right direction. That is. <laughs> Natural twenty. Yeah, it just goes straight back and and lands into one of Loran's cherry uh, pastries that is sitting in front of him. Um, I storm over in my bed sheets. <laughs> what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I believe you've ruined your I don't even breakfast. know you, and you're, like, ruining my day. <laughs> that sounds like a you problem. No, it's a you problem. You're the one ruining it. I'm going to sue you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Daddy take Warbucks. Him, take him to court. Get him. <laughs> my mommy and daddy are very powerful. <laughs> do, do him and take his stick away. <laughs> <laughs> I look. I look at Arich here to see if this is normal for this room. Um, Rosine, this is completely normal. Well, certainly completely normal behavior on Loran's part. Welcome to the club. What happens when you are engaged in something that requires conversa- concentration? Uh, well. Loran can concentrate when he wants to. Um, as long as it's not going to be too taxing for him. Talazar is, well, he looks like he's having a bit of... A morning. I don't know, he has a bit of a frown on his face that isn't normally there, so... I don't know yes. what's going on with him at the moment. <laughs> what was that? You ruined my soup! That's why he's frowning, it's the guilt! <laughs> no, no, I, I, I assure you, the the guilt is all your own. Uh, um, I have no guilt. I have never done anything wrong. And I turn around and I point at all the other paper airplanes all around me. What? <laughs> I was trying to hit. I pointed around him. So. <laughs> Out of the way. <laughs> oh my you and I to ruin my soup. <laughs> Wayne, when I when Ogan subconsciously hears about concentration and how Diaz does it, he picks up his big huge bowl of coffee and starts slurping it and spilling it all down his clothes that he's still wearing from the time that no, we wore uh, noble suits. And he's spilling it all down to mix in with all the other stains. And he's just coming up and he's talking into the bowl, but he comes up right beside um, Aratir and Roshin and goes, what, What's going on? on? What are we doing? Um, oh, this is good coffee. Mm, mm, mm. And when he puts down the bowl, you can see he's put random bits of meat in the pockets with other food and other things that have probably been there a week. And he's just kind of going, This is like an alt universe Paddington. It is. <laughs> I personally believe that Pat Garbage yeah. pail kids. Yeah. Cabbage patch wow. kids relationship. But I, I, um, I'm familiar with sailors who are very handy in battle, but act like savages the rest of the time. So I'm not as yeah. bothered by uh, some of this, but I just want to make sure nothing's going to break out. Uh, I'm going to suggest Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to ask uh, the group if they have had a briefing today. Is there a place they're supposed to be? Well, we have been asked to join Dacius in his tower. Okay. And uh, when is uh, when is the time to do that? Any time in the next hour, I think. Well, I mean, the, the time has passed and nearly an hour has passed after all of this is, very, has kind of taken place. Very soon, as, I, I, as, as soon as we're finished here, well, certainly I'm going to go and catch up with Dacius. Did, did he not say after lunch? I'm talking. 
He's actually pacing back and forth in front of Talisar now, still going. <laughs> the robe has been like shed off in anger. He's like, every drop of silver, every bit of gold, you better have the best law representation you have. I swear, when I get home, I will get my entire team. I and they want, will come for you. Are you just I want Loran to make it? a wisdom yeah. saving throw. You want Loran to make a wisdom saving throw? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's see what that is. Uh... I use the command spell and I say quiet and I whisper it. No one else would hear it but Loran. I mean... I guess I stopped talking. Yeah, Loran would stop talking due to the command spell. And um, it, that, that would literally only last. It would only last one round, but it'd be enough to just for me to get away and move I punch him. <laughs> towards the door. Are you can I can I I think I think Jill asked this, but though are you um are you naked at this point? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah okay. So there's a naked tiefling and it's just so you you, you, you went to do a strength check of three because it's four minus yeah. one. Yeah, I was um, a punch. Yeah. So you kind of whiff oh at the my air. God. Yeah, um, and Talazar makes a makes a makes a kind of beeline away from you. Or as you're all doing this, all, all of this is happening. Um, the like Aratir, Norman, you might see this. Uh, Rosine, you definitely would see this. You kind of garnered a, a kind of a crowd around you, but everyone seems to have stopped what they're doing. Are looking at this ragtag bunch of fucking nutjobs, <laughs> and some of them are mumbling to themselves like, "This is who the fuck we have to trust." With the with with our situation, these are the important crack team that are being sent to help us rid the world and and save us from existence. And it's like, yeah, and it's just it's just surprise and worry as kind of spread across the closest group of individuals. Um, the, Out of curiosity, how long does Talazar's thing? I mean, uh, one round, it's six, yeah. it's six, six seconds. So, like in that six oh, seconds, six seconds. I, can, I can move. I've been quiet for six seconds, fine by me. Yeah, but, in, but that's the thing. In that six seconds, I can be lying forty-five feet away from you towards uh, Trevelyan. Um, <clears throat> the hour, the hour of time, like the hour has kind of passed when you're meant to be up meeting Trevelyan. I'm already um, on my way there. You're on your way there, so um. And like whatever, whoever wants to go meet him can go meet him, or whatever you just want to do at this point. Loran, yeah, I found that one. I'm really out. Naked, so um, you've dropped your sheets, so there's like a naked tiefling that's wandering around the great hall, um, like giving zero fucks. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> um, um, Wayne, as we're leaving, um, did 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 Ogan hear anybody say that about us? Roller perception check. Okay, cool. Is that oh, oh actually ooh, okay? How do I keep on rolling so fancy? I got yeah. twenty-one. Yeah, you definitely heard people wondering, and it's kind of like it was. It's like these are who we have to trust, and like the worried look on individuals' faces, and and like just the, the kind of people surprised by the goings on. You have heard as you're moving around, you do hear some people say this. Um, I what I um walked past them um on Shelby, and I cast Druid Craft to make some nice little flowers and I just kind of pass them out as I'm going going like ah, I'll be grand, don't worry about it like you know, he's fine 
I hope. Anyway, <laughs> and you hand them over, you see these like grime-covered soldiers and guards are just kind of holding the flowers in their hand, looking at this kind of talking Wolverine in the back of an owlbear. And one or two of them kind of just drop the flowers, shrug, and just turn their back. And some of them pocket them or attach them to their armor and kind of just keep going about it. And then some people just watch you leave. Um, so who who is going and who is staying? Is the group all going together or are some people like sticking around here? I came here to to start some sort of cohesion with them. It didn't really work out, but when I see Talazar heading off, I follow him. I reckon cool. we'll all meet up in the same place, so I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go in it. Yeah. I'm the last to leave, but I'll go where the group's going. Yeah, okay. I'm going. All right, Lauren and Norman, what are you two doing? No, Norman is now. Uh, Norman. Uh, who, uncharacteristically quiet for breakfast is now uh, is now focused. He uh, yeah, just just stands up from the seat and sweeps off in that direction. Laurent follows like a naked puppy. Right. Okay. Um, you all make your way, kind of like not all together, but kind of in different clumps. Um, eventually, you all find yourself um, heading towards Trevelyan's tower, um, and you find it quick enough if you get lost along the way people give you directions uh, for those of you who haven't been directly there before and as you kind of the first person into the room would be Talazar because he left first and you kind of push into the doorway and you see that all of the furniture in the room has either been removed or pushed back against the walls like there's a bed on its side um, sans any hay or form of mattress uh, and any coverings there's no chairs or furniture else there's, a, there's one cabinet over to one side some short cabinet with a, a, toy, a big put a paper on top of it uh, and markings all along the walls in white chalk in the center of this cylindrical room you see a huge uh, runic emblem that has been drawn in blue chalk and has white markings dotted across it here and there um, and some parts of it seem to have been rubbed out and worked on again standing off to one side his fingers covered in chalk dust um, marks on his robes that are now dirtied. His staff is resting up against the arse end of the turned up bed. You see Trevelyan and he's kind of staring at the ground and kind of rubbing the side of his head and he's rubbed chalk dust all along his face. And you look down and see this runic emblem there. He barely notices you as you walk in. And eventually all, all the whole group, entire group then eventually arrive in. Um, followed like at the end then followed like making up the end as a, as a naked Loran and a Norman. Um, as you all step in, Trevelyan eventually acknowledges all of your presence. He's like, "Ah, oh, yes, yes, you've arrived. Good, good. Um, preparations have been made. This will transport you to the." And he kind of pauses for a second, staring into the air, and then back at you all. This will bring you to the prison of Seville Farm's heart. I will warn you. This was difficult to conjure. This is not a place that people were meant to visit. It is locked away there for a reason. You go to seek out the heart, but be warned, there will be many obstacles in the way. There should, if my very spotty memory is correct. Be a circle similar to this in the chamber you will find the heart. 
This can only transport you so far. You must make your way through what I can only describe as a maze-like cavern. A, a dungeon of sort. That is there slowly to stop you from reaching your goal. But once you find the heart, this the sister of this circle will bring you back here. I have a chamber ready with the ritual to destroy the heart of Zevaltham. And hopefully he will do it before his armies are unleashed upon us. And just behind him, you see a window as he says this. And you can just make out the bottom end of that large black globe that floats over the city. And the silence that seems to accompany it as it kind of envelops the land around it outside. I will keep this portal open. With all of my energies. Are you ready to depart? And he looks over all of you as he says this and then rests finally on Loran and looks Loran's naked form up and down. If you wish to, if you wish to prepare further, I can wait. I'll be honest, no one told me we were coming up here, so I didn't dress for the occasion. Um, I mean, I'll something on I suppose <laughs> um, I can have your uh, uh, your effects brought here um, they will, will, won't take long you won't have to leave um, no, and he could have I don't like you and don't want you to touch my things so I'm going to go I'll be back oh uh, and he kind of just shrugs and then goes back to staring at the, at the kind of the runic symbols on the floor and just double checking everything, triple checking everything as he points at everything. I'm going to ask Loran if uh, if they want an escort. Um, no, it's fine. Um, I'm my room is just. You guys should have told me we were coming here. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, yeah, he just goes and just puts on clothes, and comes back. Cool. You do it in a matter of 10, 15 minutes. You're up and down. Probably the um, quickest Loran has ever gotten ready. Sorry, uh, uh, just uh, Shelby has a question. Um, uh, you said about there's a portal where the heart is to get us home. What if someone's robbed it? How do we get out? It is very difficult to find this place. I barely have the memory of it myself. It is old. And known to only a few, most of which are dead. The portal at the other end is one way. You can only leave from there. It was created by the individuals that formed this prison. Yet there you must have the knowledge of this. And he gestures towards the runic elements on the floor. And you can see that there, like, as I said, there was a lot of it that was worked on over and over again that's been kind of rubbed out as if he was trying to remember how to put it together. So, obviously, it, like, it's a very intricate 
kind of symbol like it's got circles it's got diamante shapes it's got just runic emblems everywhere in languages that ogan that you don't understand at all and I like i do and go oh yeah yeah sure. yeah that's shelby island yeah that's great yeah that one there yeah Alizar? just want to make an insight check if i can just on how kind of genius yeah you. yeah go ahead That's a 14. Yeah, he seems to be as truthful as a very scatterbrained sorcerer can be. Um, he's 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 kind of like he definitely seems to have worked on this um constantly, not even in the just in the last hour. He's, he seems to have been working on this throughout the night. And uh yeah, so he, he seems truthful. Um the, the last question Shelby wants to know is that portal that you're gonna send us to. If I, if if he like forgot his lucky bone or something, could we step back through? Again, I will say, the only way out is through the portal at the end, where you will find the heart. Right, cool, kind of, yeah, yeah. Shelby didn't get that that bit the first time, but I did. But I should have said, yeah, my bad. Right, cool, thank you. So can um, okay. I will give you a word of warning though. Seeing as I knew this portal scrying ability, and he seems a pain when he's saying this. If I knew this, then it is very possible that one of my other selves knew this. And if Savile Tharm was in possession of Koval's body, he may have this information already. So please be on your guard. It is a dangerous path, but a much needed path that we must take if we are to succeed. If you are all to go home, this is the only way. Can I do something, uh, yeah. Wayne? Um. I want to uh, do a reassuring but not patronizing um, kind of like a tap, uh, trying not to say pet on Ogan, uh, but I'd like to cast heroism. Sure. Okay. So I'm going to, if I do it at second level, I can do it for him and Shelby. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> okay. Um, I am going to tell oh, um, uh, Ogan, I have heard of your bravery and I am looking forward to seeing it in person. So am I. And I I'm mean, yes. Going... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I have that. Yep, so does Shelby. And and I, I kind of, when you're, when you're going to kind of like wondering what to pet or to whatever, I just kind of like the ears <laughs> that I can't quite scratch. You kind of, as the, the Wolverine in them kicks in and, yeah. What what does this so, do for So heroism, a willing creature you touch is imbued with bravery. Until the spell ends, the creature is immune to being frightened and gains dem- temporary hit points equal to your spell casting ability modifier at the start of each of its turns. When the spell ends, the target loses any remaining temporary hit points from this spell. Now the thing about this is, is this spell only lasts one minute. Oh. So this is the type of spell you would generally cast in battle. Um, oh, sorry. I thought it took one minute of concentration to make it. 
So it only lasts con- one minute, so we're just going so through. So duration, it's concentration, but it only lasts up to one minute. So right. you yeah. like you would have to be concentrating, and then so if in battle, if your concentration is broken, the spell yeah. drops. But yeah, that's a, a fine. minute in battle, a minute in a fight is a long time because each round is yes. six seconds. So yes. Um, so it is a great spell to cast mid fight. Um, you can't really concentrate mid fight either. You can you can hold it. There's concentration checks you can do in spell in, during battle. So. Uh, but yeah, so okay. that is the, that is available to you if you wish to cast it on them during battle. That's fine. But just to give you a heads up that if you do it now for one minute, a minute afterwards, assuming it's gone, so it's not. Well, there. you could have done Wasted. a placebo effect and just open yeah, it. Yeah, and if I do, better. if I do him yeah. and Shelby, that's two spell slots. Hmm? Yeah. 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 Okay. So. Um, Grant, so so is everyone so Trevelyan uh, kind of acknowledges like. Are you all ready to go? As Loran steps in, now fully clothed in his beautiful regalia, um, as he waits acknowledgement from all of you, and then reaches down and with one last stroke finishes the spell, and the whole runic emblem <clears throat> buzzes with energy and light as this silvery light fills the room. You have to shield your eyes slightly. You know, in the uh, in the morning sun that's coming in through the window, this is far brighter. Um, and Trevelyan gestures you all to step into the portal. And uh, as you all do this, you're like, I wish you luck. For all our sakes, I wish you luck. And it's up to yourselves now if you wish to step in. And Norman goes yeah. first. Norman goes first. <laughs> Straight Sarah. in, no kissing, <laughs> right into that portal. Norman um, loves jumping into portals. He's doing it. Our tears going ahead. Yeah, yeah, it's like, fum, 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 fum. All of you just step in and there's a blinding light and all of you, and you feel like you're being pulled six ways from Sunday as you're all just reefed and twisted and turned as you're transported through. It, like, And Norman, as you do it, this entire kind of envelopment of planar energy surrounds you like a warm blanket and that sense of home hits you and then you're just stretched beyond your means as you feel a weird kind of sucking of energy from if your lungs were working the air would be knocked out of you and all of you then (laughs) land with a thud and you are dazed and your eyes take a while to readjust as you've come from bright light into near pure darkness. And as your senses come to, you look around and you can just see scorched ground. And you look up and see twisted black trees all around you. And the sky is a deep kind of shade of dark purple with black clouds rolling through it and every now and again you see a of lightning in pure green as it pierces through the darkness and lights up the surrounding area all of you look up and you realize you were standing on a floating chunk of earth swimming in this planar bubble why didn't you just say we were in a corn video (laughs) 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 yeah um and you look and there's other floating areas of, of ground and dislodged earth all around you with these large kind of chunks uh, of whatever realm this is float and in front of you just on the next couple of um, there's like seems to be a row of them all together that you could jump easily across 
And as your eyes move up, you see this huge floating chunk of earth and blackened kind of soil just floating in front of you that has the strangest looking building you've ever seen. It is, it seems to be square and blocky in parts, but jutting out of each side of it. And it's kind of some weird kind of existential not put together properly Lego blocks that seem to be just jammed in in different areas and it's moving constantly reconfiguring itself as these large chunks of stone slide in and out of each other there is a gaping entrance at the front that is surrounded by purple light Norman to you this just feels like you're at home you feel like you've come home and it's weird because you know this isn't your home but this air, the air around here, which is breathable for all of you, is filled with planar energy, like thick, like burning ozone in the air. You don't see any other figures. You don't see any other people around. The only place you see that's large enough that can be what you're looking for is this ever-changing, ever-moving building that seems to just slide in and out of itself, trying to reconfigure it to its correct shape that it'll never obtain. What do you all want to do? Um, can I just let a couple of like uh, my actual bodies, like tendrils, just sort of like drift out of the mouth for a second to like bask sure. in the? Yeah, totally. Just, just to sort of feel it. Uh, very tranquil right now is is old Norman. Just like ah, this is good. This is good. You leave that, pal. Yeah, you all watch as like as these like long inky black tendrils with purple eldritch energy floating around them just kind of flick out and as if they're tasting the air. The rest of you, in parts, especially anyone that has magic imbued in them, there is slight oppression of your mind here. Talazar, I need you to give me a wisdom saving throw. Wisdom saving throw, come on. Ten. Ten. As soon as you start to breathe in the air around you, you feel that sharp tingling at the back of your mind. Again, just like when Trevelyan grabbed your wrist and you see a flash and then you're like, whoa. When you kind of steady yourself and then kind of upright, the, the energy in the air, it's not oppressive in any way, but it's kind of like if you're, you feel that if you're here too long, it might have some adverse effect on you. And any other magic user, like Iran, you kind of feel it slightly. Um, Ogan, you feel it. Um, Rosine, you would even feel it because you have some magic flowing through you and it's kind of, it's there. Aratir, you just know that this place is fucking evil and it, there's something wrong. Um, yeah. This is this place is off. Uh, um, Wayne? Yeah. When I, when I see Norman do the tentacle thing, I remember that I've got like in this cheek a bunch of noodles that I haven't eaten yet. And I kind of get them to the front and let them like turn to Norman and let them like go down my chin and then gobble them up and swallow them and smile and then go back to looking around. Love a nude. Love a nude. I love it. I'm going to, I, I ask uh, Norman, Norman seems comfortable. I ask Norman uh, where he thinks we need to go and is it doesn't seem like uh, ask him, does it seem like there's anything else going on here except that building? Um, 
No, I'm going to imagine that would be our, uh, that would be our destination, I think, yes. You, we can, we can start walking towards it, just slowly. Hmm. Norman seems quite content. Right. Um, so when you said we were on a floating platform, we're up in the air? Everything seems to be in the air. There doesn't seem to be any solid like earth here. Everything is like a large chunk. It's, like, it's as if the, a planet has exploded and there's large chunks of it everywhere. To me, to me, it's like, you know, after a lot of Fantasia was destroyed, after the nothing came That's about. It. That's, That's, it. That's exactly it, it. yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, this place looks all manner of shit. Okay. How are we going to get to that building? Uh, I could. I, how much space is there between us on our little platform and the next one? Oh, it is on the next. It is no. There's a couple of smaller ones that seem to lead there, like a path, and they're perfectly okay. jumpable. It's like there is. It looks like you've come into a landing area. Right. Um, sure. And if you want to give me a perception check, anyone wants to give me a perception check, I can give you a bit more in depth of the area mm-hmm. that you're in. Well, my perception's shit, so if somebody else wants to, uh, that hasn't stopped you from rolling high before. No, but um, I didn't. I didn't oh, fuck it. I'll give it a go. I was going I didn't roll great earlier, and uh, I got seventeen. Eighteen for me. Seventeen. You rolled in tw- a natural. Uh, Arita rolled a natural twenty, and your perception is minus one. So because it looked well, like a B. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's a B. So um, all like so you all hit well enough. Like you're all kind of trying to take in your surroundings. Norman yeah. is just. You know, he just he's away, he's away with the fairies. He, this yeah. is this is the happiest he has ever been. Yeah, um, he's so happy. He's he might something. Yeah, <laughs> just saying yeah, right. something I... out of the black asylum. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, he's, he's just so pleased right now. He's just he's just <laughs> in his own world, quite literally. Oh, oh, I'm happy so for you. Yeah, I never would have. I never would ask that question, Wayne, if I'd seen that there was crazy paving. I would have just like uh, seen it and then. Yeah, that's cool. Now with a perception check, all of you rolled uh, quite well. Um, so with that perception check, all of you, as you start to look around you, you take in where you are, and you can see that, with, and particularly Aritir, if you inspect where you're standing, mm-hmm. there seems to be kind of a scorched area where you've landed. Right. And it's kind of faded, but you can see that there is a previous scorched area, kind of underneath that, like a second imprint below it right that you've landed on top of but it's old okay um but you also look around and can see that this area seems to have been built as a pathway towards whatever you're going towards mm-hmm. and there are some platforms right. that can lead you there with a small jump but there's no yeah. there's no huge gap like even with a, a shitty roll on a, on a on an athletics check everyone's gonna make it across it's just a matter of yeah. making your way there and we uh, need to we need to make it back to this to get home was what? No, the, no, the rune is in the main oh, treasure it, room. It's yeah. in the treasure room. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. So you have to make your way through wherever this building is. Yeah. To find the heart of Seville Farm, and then there will be a, an exit there. But you okay. have to get there first to get home. Yeah. That's what. But not that's, until as far there. as Dassius Trevelyan, that's what he can say. That's what he thinks, as far as he remembers. Right, so right. this place yeah. was created. Okay. So you've got um, no save point until the heart is in our possession right okay yeah. okay a magical crystal hey you guys ready it looks like there's only one way forward so i'm ready 
You are starting to make your way across these platforms. Um, I think Norman around you at the rear, or Norman, where are you at this point? Because you're obviously savoring every moment. Yeah, I think I'm probably at the very back. Well, um, because I am, I am uh, walking like a like a sleepwalker, just 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 breathing it in. Um, yeah, Laurent's kind of walking along with Norman. I think kind of absentmindedly chatting to him, but not expecting like a response. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Well, we, um, if yeah. Logan can get away with it, he wants to go at the very back. Um, just the like very back, behind Laurent and Norman. Behind them, especially. Okay. I mean, if you're if you're deliberately at the back, then yeah, that like because I'm not doing it on purpose, so that does make sense. Cool, I'm cool, cool. doing it, but I'm going to be smelling stuff or whatever. But if, you know, trying to hide that I'm deliberately doing it, but people want to notice it. But yeah, okay. Um, as the group starts to make their way up towards it, um, you get there in the, in a matter of minutes. It's not that far of a trek. You can make up the building, but even as you get closer to this building, you can hear the the, the parts of it that are moving like, and the entryway is this huge gaping chasm of a of a, of a doorway. With no actual official door, you just see a purple hue over it. And you're all standing there in front of it. The the earth around it is black. It's like it's black grass and broken parts of the earth are cracked. And the roots of these sharp um, kind of claw-like black bark trees are all around it. It's a desolate looking place. Um, And the closer you get to this, in particular, again, the magic users, you can feel that oppressive nature of the energy in the air. As you all step up to the front of it then, you hear a voice. Hey, um, excuse me, um, uh, I was not expecting visitors, because nobody's visited me ever here, but hello. Um, you hear this strange, weird voice, and stepping out from behind one of the blackened trees off to your left, you see a large green-skinned dragonborn dressed in what looks like it's kind of an equivalent of samurai armor. It's old armor with that slatted kind of look to it and shoulder pads. He has a standard stuck to the back. It has a tattered green flag with a black emblem on it that looks like a, a flower with a sword through it. And he steps up kind of looking at you holding a staff and a, a, a large uh, rapier, staff in one hand, and a large rapier. He's leaning on the staff, and it looks like it's just a, a, like an actual walking stick. He looks like quite an old dragonborn. Um, and he is he kind of a droopy jowls. The skin was once vibrant green, is now kind of a, 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 a pale lime color um, as he steps forward. And his one good white eye takes you all in as he steps in, into the whatever light is available here. Uh, who are you, Lot? And what are you doing in this realm? Look, little dude, we're not. We're in a bit of a hurry. We need a heart. We need to save the world. I'm going to extend a uh, 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 hand to the dragonborn and say, oh, "We are on a quest. It is a pleasure to meet you." He kind of looks down at Loran and looks down at Rosine because he's quite tall. Like he's he's a very very tall dragonborn, even stooped in his obvious old age. I am Ozak's Brightclaw, 
I am the guardian of this gate. And I have never, I have not seen another soul for close to 300 cycles, if my mind is correct. And you are the first to come looking for it. You are the first. Who has charged you with this, with this uh, task? Oh, um, it was a, it was a wizard of sort, a tall, broad man, um, very stern. It was a long time ago. I, his name is, ah, I, you know, I've quite forgotten his name. Um, but I was charged and he kind of waves the rapier up in the air. He's like, I was charged with this task and I will uphold it. But there are a lot of you, um. Some a bit more flamboyant than others, and he kind of waves the rapier towards Loran. Um, might I ask, what do you wish of the heart? What is your quest? To save the world. Hmm, a bold quest. Yeah. Um, indeed. Can we have your permission to pass? Um, it will go better and more quickly for you if you just say yes. Now is not. <laughs> if you're here to save the world, if that truly is your goal, um, I want both because both our Aratir and Norman have said this. I want both of you to roll a persuasion. Okay. Is anyone else's kink at Norman when he's on the job, like when <laughs> he's like? <laughs> um. I just, I just oh, have to ask him. Um, he's so rude. If you're tasked with keeping the heart here, why? Basically, I want to know what would happen to him if if we take the heart. Do you know what would happen if anything were to happen to the heart? Well, the heart is a source of pure evil, and um, it was I, as far as I recall, and he kind of pinches his nose a bit. As far as I recall, at the time when Savaltan was uh, defeated in battle and his heart extracted, we could not find a way to destroy it. So I put myself forward as its protector until such a time would come when it was found to be destructive. And 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 this wizard, whose name escapes me, I, a sorcerer I, of such... I, I mentioned Dacius. Um, no, that doesn't ring a bell. Um, no. Anyway, um, you see, I was told of your coming. I was told that this would happen. And I pledged myself to this task, to guard this area until such a time as a group of adventurers as yourself would come to relieve me of my duty and I can rest. I am this close to relieving you of your life. Are we going in or not? What did you roll? 16. 16. I rolled Um, a 14. 14. Um, He nods. He's like, you seem true of heart. (laughs) No pun intended. (laughs) Um, Yes, um, I I relinquish my duty. And he kind of waves the staff up at the doorway. And the purple gate seems to shimmer and dissipate. Um, you may enter, and I may finally rest. And Norman is already going towards the gate. Uh, speaking yeah. of re- relief, give me one second, and I just go 
she would turn the corner and, um, yeah, all that talk <laughs> made me get all that coffee. Hear the man. Um, Rather do it now before we get inside, you know. Hold, hold up a sec, I gotta go poo. Hogan <laughs> <laughs> really oh, finds time for everything. Twenty. Um, or, or, uh, Orzak sits down on a kind of a blackened rock next to the gateway, and as soon as Norman steps through, he kind of sits, and you can see the relief come off him. But as soon as somebody steps through that gateway, he just starts to dissipate into nothingness and vanish. Bye. Um. Later. And he just like it's literally it's like the, the it's the it's the snap moment where he just starts to flake away and he's yeah. Down. Um, and you all begin after after Norman or after Ogan finishes what he was doing. I was about to say something else and then I saw Bex. Um, after Ogan finishes what he's doing, and then rejoins the group, you all start to make your way into the opening that is this yeah. area. The darkness in this chasm as you step in envelops you. And then as you make your way deeper in, slowly but surely you see on sconces on the walls these porches with bright purple flames at the and they light this what seems like a never-ending corridor all the way down. And it, it's illuminated in this purple hue. Purple flame, purple flame. Sorry. Beautiful. Um, When you were talking about a giant opening surrounded by purple, I'm like, this is Prince's heaven. Oh, yeah, (laughs) yeah. As soon as the word purple got mentioned, I was like, oh. Yeah. Well, funnily enough, um, as you all step in and the room, the the corridor starts to light up, um, you start to see runic, runic symbols dotted all along the walls and the floors and the very very high ceiling above you um norman you're going first and as you step in you see all of these symbols can you roll me an arcana check please yes and it is taking a second (laughs) (laughs) Uh, not great actually the pen Um, some of the symbols are familiar to you um, as planar kind of scribe and part of the kind of the symbology of your world and others escape you completely. So this seems to be a mixture of um, keeping this place in its current form or where it is in this realm seems to be a mixture of planar magic and mixed with other arcane forms. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can't make out the exact meaning of some of these. But you do know, as you step into this area, it seems impossibly long. From being on the outside of it and looking how far this goes, you can hear the distant grinding of of stone upon stone as this, mm. the building is reconfiguring itself. And off in the distance, you can just make out where there's kind of, there seems to be the odd blur every now and again as something moves across in the darkness. It, it's definitely this is going to be straight off the bat you know that this is going to be something that you're going to have to solve this dungeon in order to get where you need to go um the group are all now in and you're all there what do you all want to do at this point uh, oh. we all see this puzzle and realize we're gonna to have to solve it sorry Arthur. no it's no, not so much it's not so much a puzzle it's just that this is these are ancient scripts that are dotting the floors the walls and the ceiling 
So, and you can just see this long corridor. Often the distance you do hear the grinding of stone upon stone. There's no puzzle that is presented to you, but Norman, in his mind, as he sees all this, that's what he kind of thought in his head. Uh... That this is definitely something that is going to have to be solved. The rest of you, you all stepped in now and have seen all of this. So mm-hmm. as, a, as a group, then I'm asking, what do you want to do? Or individually, what do you want to do? Go on ahead, Jill. Uh, this kind of, this kind of information is beyond Aratir's level of understanding. Um, so she's gonna turn to the learned people in the group and go, this is beyond me. I'm all for scouting around and checking for booby traps that could jump out and kick us in our arse at any point. But fam, I'm relying on you lot to translate this craziness. What? The language, what's the language look, or is it? I'm assuming we're looking at something. Well, I mean, like, like I said, there's runes all along yeah. the floor and the walls and the ceiling. You can give me an arcana check if you want to try and understand some of them. See, I might be more divine based magic, so it'd be more Norman's wheelhouse for the arcane. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm going to do an arcana uh, or an arcana check anyway yeah, for Bant's. Yeah, yes. nothing to worry about. I got an 11, but I think uh, Norman looking... Uh, what is Norman physically doing now? Um, so, obviously, uh, I think uh, based on my arcana check, I would at least know that these are a mix of different languages that are being spoken. Okay. Uh, or or would, would you have allowed me to have cast guidance on Norman before he rolled? Well, no, because he's no. rolled it and it's oh, different. Yeah, I wasn't, so, yeah. I wasn't yeah, yeah. sure if he'd rolled or not, sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, anything, yeah, I know at least, uh, yeah, a mix of languages. Um, anything in, uh, so Norman's wheelhouse, anything in either primordial or deep speech, Norman can read. Um, so I'm looking for fragments in the, I'm looking for the fragments that I do get, basically. Sure. Um, Roll me an investigation to see if you find any of that on the walls. Yep. Guidance. You're going to get guidance on that. So add a d4 to your roll. Cool. Uh, okay. Investigation. So it's a 16 base. Oh, sorry, a 15 base. Yeah. And then a d4 on top of that. So an 18 total. 18 total, yeah. You're, you do find uh, there's levels of primordial there, and you're kind of running your hands across the primordial text and checking it. Are you touching the walls? Are you kind of interacting with it? What what, what are you doing here? Um, yeah, I think uh, tracing it out with a finger just to sort of be like, well, that's not how I'd write it, but sure, mm-hmm. okay, this is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, For shits and giggles, I have... I might make an investigation check because I have Infernal as a language. Sure. And can't hurt to look just in case Norman needs anything. Yeah. Um, I'm going to join the no book buff bird club over beside Arthur. Loran, <laughs> <laughs> well, even with the 16, yeah, same again. You see writing in scribes that you recognize. And again, are you running your hand over these on the no, wall? No, not, not getting them? that in deep. Cool. So, Norman, um, cool. while, while they're doing that, can I actually, when, would you mind, can I roll investigation to kind of actually check out, not the text, obviously, but if, to see if there's any 
before I mentioned booby traps that we should be aware of while they're all at the learning stuff. Yeah, give me investigation there. That was an. That's an eight. Okay. <laughs> so, I see her doing that. I'm gonna do it too. If that's okay. Um, I'll allow it. Yeah, you can go ahead and roll. I'll allow it. No, it's a nine. Sorry, Arthur. So all of this seems to happen at once. Basically, yeah. Norman goes over and starts to trace his hand along the wall where this piece of uh, text that he recognizes is. Moran, you come up behind Norman, inform him that you're seeing other texts that you recognize. Um, and you're all kind of discussing it once, just as Aratir and Rosine both reach down and look at the floor at the same time. As soon as Norman touches the wall, the floor gives way and all of you fall into the blackness. Sliding down, you all hit this kind of like slant and the group then start to slide into the darkness, not knowing where you're going. Amazing. Yeah, you tumble out into a room, um, dusty, um, barely lit. There's a couple of sconces with maybe one purple flame torch off in the corner. And you all tumble into it, landing on top of each other, kicking up dust and web. Um, you're all coughing as you pull yourself up off the floor. The section of the roof that you fell into closes up behind you. You all are picking yourself up off the floor and you hear off in the distance behind you. Dad? (laughs) Father! (laughs) Speak, Um. priest! (laughs) Um, And you, you don't see anything as of yet, but you can hear something and you don't know what the hell it is. Okay, I'm drawing a blade. Yeah, I'm equipping my axe. I uh, I don't like the sound of that. Before that kicks off, I scoot over to where um, Norman is and I say, not Norman, sorry, to Loran, and I say apologies about this morning as I touch her on the shoulder and Cast. Cool. Her is no him, problem. Him, 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 Sorry, him, him. I am they, Loran is he. Can Sorry. We Sorry, yeah. apologies. He... Now, Talazar, is that your attempt to, I don't know her, back at uh, Loran, like Mariah Carey did to, who was it that time? Anyway, yeah. I just Didn't work. A very bad photo, I'm sorry. Uh, what's the bloody thing? Uh, where the hell is this? Oh, bless. Okay. Um, so, so Ran, you have, have bless. You're blessed, so you get a. Um, sorry, three people get it. So Norman, myself, and um, Loran add a d4 to your attack rolls and saves, uh, saving throws. Okay. Um, um, can yeah. I pop on? So you said the room's dark, right? There's, there's only one lit. Um, sconce off in the far corner uh, behind you and this sound is coming off from like pitch blackness in front of you um cool uh, I'm gonna just drop uh, I'm gonna cast create bonfire cool cool um and uh get some more luminescence down here grand uh, with um, the non-dark vision inclined among us yeah 
even with people with dark vision that you can only see you can see so far in that spectrum like that aura that you see in dark vision and then it Mm -hmm. still disappears into blackness yeah but um as you create bonfire it casts light and shadow out into the room and you can see the room you're in now contains a lot of mulched something it's like something has been dissolved and melted down and there are the odd bone here and there half broken shields weaponry something um but ancient like really old shit like stuff that's been here for untouched for centuries as the bonfire starts to cast out and build it it starts to illuminate the cavern in front of you and this room seems a lot longer than it is mm-hmm. and then it casts up and sees as if it's hitting water it's like it's hit some viscous liquid and then it starts to illuminate it even more as you see this entire room at the far end which is very long you're talking about you're talking about 60 to 80 feet away from you just past the dark vision spectrum you see that the rest of the room is taken up by this misshapen a horribly disfigured filled with all sorts of crap a massive gigantic gelatinous cube is oozing its way slowly but surely towards you um, it, is, <laughs> it is vast it is vast it takes up the entire room there's no it it literally fills in the corners as it's just you see parts of it pulling itself along like it's small oozing sections look like little fingers that are just grabbing at the stonework all around it as it starts to slime itself towards you um you see remnants of other creatures small rodents um you know like just different pieces of debris furniture that have dissolved within it over the de- over the centuries um and it looks old. It's got bits of it slopping off itself as it moves. It's been here a long fucking time. You don't, as you kind of all look around, you see this and the, the, the fire has illuminated the room so much that you notice that there is no other fucking way out of this room. Right. Okay. Except for through this fucking cube. Yeah. Yeah, let's do this. Well, I'm not going to let a fucking shape get in the way now, so... Um, Are you ready with that? You hastily murder it and move on. I agree, Norman. Agreed. I could do I... with murder to spice things up at the um, moment. Uh, Wayne, uh, could I get a nature check to see if this ooze is a creature? Or if it's um, magical? I want to know if I can talk to it. Reason with the cube. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, you can the cube if you wish. Um, well, no, no, I want to nature check to see if I have speak with animal. I just want to know. Yeah. If I've ever heard anybody ever mention about it. Well, not that I've ever met another druid before. I think it's the only one. But sure. Animal, plant, or other. I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I think because of my role that there, it's definitely is. But you tell me. Okay. One sec. Sorry, I was pouring myself drinky there. I think that's the best roll I've ever rolled. And Holy shit. I don't think anything <laughs> so, could go wrong with o- that. Uh, Ogan rolled a natural one, and you just watch as Ogan kind of steps forward a bit and is like, raises his arms up in the air. And what do you try to say to it? What do you try to say to the cube? Well, it, it was more that I was going if, if, to see if I know whether or not these are naturally occurring in the forest, even dark forests. And if they are, I wasn't going to get close to it. I was going to cast Speak with Animals. I sure. just don't want to waste the spell. Yeah, sure. No, I mean, your nature check... You, as far as you're concerned, this just looks like a giant piece of gelatinous mass. There's no real 
hint or, or there's no internal organs there's no mouth there's no eyes you can't see anything that would give you an idea that this is a, a fully viable speaking creature that you can communicate with all right all right uh, how far is it now from us so uh, these things this particular version of, of the, the end of the room it's, it's a gigantic cube it's now moved it up within 50 feet of you it hasn't engaged you yet but it is close right it's slowly okay. but surely pulling you can see like at the corners where it touches the ceiling the walls because it touches everything in front of you like there's no way past this thing you have to go through it right so you can see it's touching the ceiling the walls and the floor and you can see small tendrils of it are reaching out like and it's pulling itself like closer and closer to you um, i dream like this once except i was still naked <laughs> <laughs> So what are the group doing? Um, I'm going to... Uh, oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. You go first. ahead, Kim. What are you saying? I'm tooled up. I'm heading over. I'm going to try and hack it. Okay. Um. So, if you're going to engage in it, I need everyone to roll initiative. Yes. Awesome. It begins. That's also um, applies to initiative rolls. I think, no, no, it's Guidance that that applies to. Guidance applies to, I think. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Damn digital dice, you have failed me for the last time. Okay. Digital dice. Can I get 20 to 25? I don't think you can. Nope. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay. Um, 24, 20, 20, 20, 20 to 15? 17. 17. Arateer. So that's... um. Uh, 20 to 15. Can I get 15 to 10? Wow. Nope. Um, 10 to <laughs> 5. Just... 5. 5. Who was the higher dex between Rosina and Taken? It's Talazar, is it? 5 fives. There's a 17 speaking. Yeah. I have, I have 13 on dex. Okay. Ta- same? No, no, no. Okay. Sorry, I'm trying to chew. Um, okay. I, I have an 18, so... Okay. Um... The cube actually goes before both of you. Yay. Uh, uh, okay, and then five to one. Was everyone um, else? I'm, Ogun's going to be playing golf because I got a four. Oh, beautiful. Uh, so, uh, and did you roll for Sel- Shelby? Did you roll for Shelby? Oh, sugar, I thought he just gets my initiative, no? I no, no, roll. you roll for Shelby, separate. Oh, yeah, cool. Uh, give me, I'll get, right, I'll roll the d20 and then I'll look at his pay. Oh, look at his pay. Um, Second Norman, issue. Norman, what's your dex compared to... So, D20... Plus two. Uh, 15 dex. So, he gets plus one, so... In second... Is that oh. the lowest collective roll we've ever 13 done? for Shelby, Wayne. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. 13. So, Shelby goes after Arrow's here. And then, Loran is Paddy last. That's pretty on point, really. <laughs> um, okay, so kicking us off, top of the order is Aratir. Aratir, what are you doing? The gelatinous cube is slowly but surely building the room surely. around you. Uh, well, it's in my way, and I'm raging a bit. Yeah. No, <laughs> um, so I, uh, I'm gonna do a rage uh, attack with my berserker battle axe. Um, I'm gonna run forward. And um, <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm like, where am I going to hit it? Just in the front. 
somewhere. <laughs> um, so I'm going to run forward, swinging two-handed my my awesome battleaxe. Um, so I'm going to roll to hit. That is a 26. Fucking hell! Oh, yeah, that definitely yeah. hits. Um, and why does it say two damage thingies on my battleaxe? Or I'm gonna hit this one. Yeah, what's the difference if you get two if you get two separate icons for the same weapon? What what does it mean? Which it's one do you choose? Damage. There's one slashing damage and the other one's bludgeoning. Hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna press them both. They're both slashing yeah. damage. Both, both of mine are slashing, yeah. Yeah. So so, so one of mine, Wayne, is like one D eight plus five. Yeah, one D eight plus five and then one D eight ten plus five. So, That's uh, when it's a versatile weapon, whether yeah, you're using so, it one-handed or two-handed. Oh, yeah. okay, right. Oh, I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna use a two-handed and go with the first one that I yeah. that I rolled. So I rolled a twelve, but it does say that because I'm raging, I get two melee, a bonus two melee damage, so fourteen yep. damage. Fourteen damage. You slice into the front of it, right in the center, cut cutting right into it. You just see this large slit just peers down it. And it kind of it re- quivers and recoils outwards from your attack um, as it ripples through the entire cube. Um, and you definitely hit into it. So what, what, sorry, what damage did you say you hit it with? 14. 14 damage, okay. Um, yeah, you've hit it, you've heard it. It looks, it's it's kind of, and it slowly but surely starts to reform where you've cut it, but very slowly. Um, but you can see it ripple through the effect and out into the back of it as well. It's not just at the front because the force, it kind of pushes that section of it backwards a bit and then it starts to slowly move forward towards you um because you've moved up to engage with it so you're within its area um so, gonna, so because, you want... because it's still moving forward i'm gonna back away a bit as well okay well i mean it's not it's not it's just still within your turn so you should have a second swing if you want oh yeah i'll have a second swing yeah so roll again 18. that definitely hits and uh 13 damage 13 damage 11. you slice into that motherfucking cube and it's again in the same spot you deepen the cut so it's like it's like a little kind of opening is opened up in front of you like a little kind of area that you can nearly step into at this point we obviously don't want it but it's, yeah. it's big enough that it, you can see that all of you are looking as arid here standing in front of you and, like, and you just feel like you're cutting your way through the cube and it just quivers as the as it undulates outwards. Uh, kind of, you don't hear it go, yeah, but it, you can sense that in its mind, it's like rah, rah, revolting from the pain. Um, yeah, guess it's not hip to be square. Okay. Oh, oh, shit! You're welcome, Kim. Wow. Um, so uh, that is the end of our tears go. Um, now into Shelby. Shelby is going. Can I? Can Shelby? No, Shelby will run forward and try and hurt the ooze. Okay. So, sorry about this. Um, he, just double checking, he gets uh, one beak and one claw. So we'll do the claw and it's... Oh, oh sugar, he's right. So... Throw these dice. So the first one. 15, 17. So 22? The hit? Yeah. That definitely hits. And he takes 10 points of damage from the 10 beak. 10 points of damage from the beak. So Shelby just like, ah, cuts out into it. You just see the beak slashing into it, really razor sharp. 
takes chunks out of it and you see parts of the glue just sloshes to the floor and starts to dissolve into it um and you can get this as soon as it starts to get hurt then you notice an arbiter you're smelling this as well the more it gets hurt there's like this horrible burnt briny smell in the air um mm. even tibbs can smell it that's why he's coming up to get the sniff um <laughs> and it's just foul sorry D- darren what was the damage on that again uh, oh crap i've already forgotten um sorry no roll- 10 10. 10. Okay. 10. So do you want me to roll or do you want to go by what it, he has he has the he has the dice and then he has just the, the total for average. Just roll the dice. Roll the dice to see what damage you get every time, because it's different every time. Ram. Um, he, oh, he, does, does he yeah, go on. He's got a sorry, sorry, he's got a claw as well, which he hit for uh, uh AC nineteen. That hits. Right, and then I rolled it, so two D eight plus five, Jesus. So two D eight. Up here. And another one. And five to this. So twelve. Five. So seventeen points of damage. Okay. No. Um. Okay. Rolled really good. Yeah. It's you're really again. You're, things, yeah. You're slicing into it, and it's it's definitely doing damage to it. it. It's looking like parts of it are trying to reform at this stage, and they can't. So mm-hmm. it's losing some of its kind of structure. Uh, as it starts to kind of dissipate into sections, and it does look like like Shelby is taking chunks out of the side of it, narrator's chunking into the middle of it, and mm-hmm. it is still coming towards you all, but there are parts of it that are slower than others, so it's like dragging its right side ahead of its left side type of thing. Um, that is the end of Shelby's go. It's now the cube's go. Um, the cube is going to reach out, and obviously Shelby and narrator are the closest to it, so it's going to make an, a melee attack against uh, Shelby. Mm-hmm. So. It's no. gonna, that is uh, 14 to hit. Yeah, I haven't cast a spell on them yet, so that does okay. hurt Okay, um, so it's 3d6. Oh, no. Shelby, I'm going to have to... Um, oh, that is 12 points of um, acid damage into Shelby as the cube just lashes out after it tries to bite into it mm-hmm. and strikes a large chunk of it over the over Shelby's back, burning into his feathers and, and skin, um, hitting him for 12 acid damage. Um, okay, oh. it's then. Oh. Uh, okay, okay. Um, it's moving forward then, so it's gonna try to basically engulf both Aratir and Shelby in this movement. So we need both of you to roll a dexterity saving throw for me, please. Uh, you're right up on it. Um, point of order. Can I just ask, how big is it? Like, what's what space is this thing taking up? Um, it's taken up. It's like I said. It's it's ceiling to floor and both walls. So it's about easily about twenty feet high and about sixty feet wide. Mm-hmm. It is a gigantic gelatinous cube. So it's a gelatinous cube void if it's twenty feet tall and sixty feet wide. Sure. I... I'm gonna throw myself off the chat for saying. <laughs> no, no, it's no, no. It's a it's a good point to bring yeah, up. Yeah, no, it's valid. I think it's really important. I need to know exactly which shape we're going to wait like, on. Like, is it a, what, what are we, a gelatinous parallelogram, a gelatinous, you yeah. know? Yeah. Could have been a pyramid. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I rolled a five for my dex saving throw. No, okay. where's yeah. that dexterous no. orc now? On a, failed, on a failed throw, um, the creature the cube enters the creature's space and the creature takes 3d6 damage and is engulfed. The engulfed creature can't breathe and is restrained and then takes 6d6 damage at the start of each of the cube's turn. 
Okay, so hang on, hang on, hang on. Go. <laughs> I'm going to do the first round of damage first to Aris here. Yeah. That was, I didn't roll very well on that one. That's three and four. Seven points of acid damage into Aris here. But you all watch as the cube engulfs Aratir, and Aratir's pulled inside of it. And you see her there floating there, and the acid starts to burn away at her armor and her skin. Uh, and you see this kind of like the, the, the mottled skin starts to burn. You see just like bits of blood try and float up with inside the cube. Now, the engulfed creature you cannot breathe, and yeah. you are restrained. Yeah. And you take 6d6 acid damage at the start of each of the cube's turn. When the cube's cube moves, you, the engulfed creature moves with it. Okay. So you're moving forward with inside the cube. Shelby, what did you roll? I'm giving it loads of this in like I'm stuck in in the in the gelatinous yeah. cube. Uh, Shelby rolled a 13 plus one for his deck, so 14. So Shelby man sees this like Arthur getting engulfed. Shelby kind of like after being hit, recoils backward and manages to jump out of the way. Um, you yeah push back. You push back five feet. Um, a creature that chooses uh, not to be pushed suffers the consequences of a failed saving. So if, if Shelby wants to stay there and, and not be pushed back, Shelby will become engulfed. But if no, Shelby he'll, won't, he'll obviously get, you can move back. He'll get pushed back. Granted. Okay. So that is the end of the cubes go. It is now into Talazar. You've seen Arator get engulfed and seemingly you can see that there's a a contorted look on her face through this cube she is in pain we need to find like a huge amount of baking powder or toothpaste to neutralize that acid <laughs> i'm going to turn this, to, I'm make this have neutral ph yeah we need a giant bottle of gavastron yes <laughs> conjure one of them please Man, what's the stats for a giant bottle of Gaviscon? Oh, sorry, I, I, I had my, my mic on mute. I'm going to run in and I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to take a swing, two swings with Ooh. the staff. Yeah. That is... Two, yeah, that's a 28 to hit on the first one. That's 200. Two-handed. Yeah. And the second attack will be a, a 21 to hit. Both hit. Um, so that's going to be two days. And as part of one of the attacks, I am going to use the lightning within the um, the staff to hit it with another 2d6. Okay. So give me all the damage together when you've, when you've rolled it. You need to separate it out for the lightning damage. Just give me all of the damage so I know what it takes. Oh, so for 14, 19, 25 points total. 25. And okay. bonus action, I'm going to spend a key point and do a flurry of blows and do two kicks. Okay. Uh, uh, first one may not hit. Um, it'd be 16 to hit. Um, that just hits. For this cool. particular version of a cube, it just hits. Cool. Uh, second attack here probably won't hit. Now that that was a 12 to hit. So, the first one is a D6. 
six. So that's another nine points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. And I want you to make a dexterity save, DC 14. Okay. Minus four to dex, let's see. I rolled a 12. Minus four, so that is eight. Okay. So you get pushed away from us 15 feet. 15 feet. So yeah. you, you watch as Talajar comes up and swings the, the staff and there's a crackling of lightning energy that just kind of like spreads out over the cube and, and you can see it repulse itself and then boom, boom, a few kicks and blows and you just see it hit the center of the cube and Aratir inside you just feel the ripple effect as the cube is pushed back 15 feet away from you and you travel with it. Uh, as it kind of undulates, it's like you imagine yourself inside a giant wave machine and you just feel it going and pushing against your form. And you can still feel it stinging and burn away at you at the time. Um, Talazar, is that the end of your go? Uh, yep. Okay. Uh, Rosine, it's into yourself. Yes. All right. Um, I, once I saw Aratir getting swallowed, I stole my shield. I've taken my shield off so that I can use two hands on my longsword. I'm okay. gonna um, uh, get to the cube and just give it my all with the longsword um, okay. and see what happens. So I'm gonna do that. You're kidding me. Did you see that, Wayne? Can you see we, me? I, no? I can't see your rolls because you're not in the same grouping because of Rosine is, is still an outlier in the group. It's so. a nat one. Oh no. Oh no. Oh. So as you, I have you, a plus six. I have a plus six to hit, and I yeah. got a nat one, my friends. You rush up. You rush up to swing your blade, just as Talazar is delivering his final blow, and you you goes to swing through the gelatinous cube, and it just pushes back fifteen feet, and you hit air, and your blade just gets embedded in the ground. Um, you're like, oh, and you look up as that you just see Aratir as you meet lock eyes at Aratir as she's inside. Now I have um, if. If, sorry, that was delayed, Wayne. Um, That's okay. I have two. I have two attacks. If you nat one the first one, do you get another one? Still. Yeah, I'll allow it. It's the final yeah, session. Do. I'm going uh-huh. to say yes. I'm Yay. not. I'm not going to be that. Like, okay. I don't think there is a ruling for it. I think you, nat one is just. It's a failure on that attack. Go for the second one. Oh. Yeah. 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 Oh, thank Christ! Nineteen for that, that one. That definitely hits. <laughs> As you lock okay. eyes at here, you grit yourself and bring your blade back up, swinging upwards. And you catch the cube as you move and move into the blade. So what's the damage on that one? Let's do it. Ten. Ten. You slice upwards, just to the left of where Aratir is within the cube. You can see the panic on it starting to kind of grow across Aratir's face and you, your resolve kicks in as you step forward and plunge your blade into it, cutting up in a large strike. And as you finish your blow and come out the other side of the cube with your blade raised in the air, you watch as the cube just goes and that section of it dissolves to one side, one half of it completely dissipating. And our, half of Aratir's left arm is sticking out into the air while the rest of it is still inside. And the cube starts to reshift and move itself. But one half of it is completely gone and is starting to melt off into the floor. 
Um, it is looking very hurt and it is quivering and still trying to pull itself forward, reaching out towards you. Um, and it is very much injured as we step into Norman. And Norman, it is now your go. Alrighty. Um, well, I'm not burning a spell slot yet, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start. I'm gonna do some blasting. Um, <laughs> Finger blasting. Oh, anyway, I just started blasting. Because, like, I mean, realistically, it can only eat so many of us. So I'm going to just stand at the back, and if all of you could just throw yourselves into its into its cavernous maw, that would probably speed this up. So you're going to spend wave, wave after wave of your own men at him. Exactly. I'm, uh, we need to we need to hit uh, make a hit its uh, predetermined eat limit, and uh, then we'll be fine. Uh, now I'm just going to I'm I'm going to start firing on Eldritch Blast. Um, That's right. I am I'm not letting this this slimy square get in the way. Um, Don't forget to add a D4. Oh, not one on the first one. No, that's not a one. That's a seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, plus the D4. So and it comes out to uh, 18 altogether. Wow, that definitely hits. It's 16 AC. So yeah, it's like first down the shots, boom, strikes out towards it. Uh, uh, that won't hit regardless. No, it won't. It's actually um, a 15, so that won't hit. No, you just miss with the second one. It, it kind of whizzes past the section, just barely missing Arrowtear's outstretched left arm. Uh, hanging at the side of the cube. Um, so the first damage, eight. It just impacts. You take a large chunk up at the top left, top right corner of it. Uh, mm-hmm. That's stuck into the into the top ceiling part. You just see a lot of it flop to the floor, just right in front of where Shelby is, and it just slowly dissolves into nothingness. Mm-hmm. Um, is that the end of your go? Um, yeah, I'm not going to move. Uh, I'm, I'm comfortable okay. where I am. It's, it's, it's got to eat several more before it reaches me, so I'm fine. Sure. It is looking very much damaged right now. It's literally half the cube it used to be as it tries to slosh forward. And Ogan, you're standing there, see this? It's right up on top of Shelby. It is, is it consumed Arrot here? Rosine and Talazar right next to it off to the left side. What are you doing? Um, I'm going to wander up to Shelby and I'm going to cast a spell. And I'm going to say, with the protection of the forest, I grant you this right. Thorns and spikes will surround you while you fight. And um, he get, uh, Shelby gets bark skin. Which is okay, what lovely. I wanted to do before he ran off, but hopefully, if he does get struck again, he's got a better chance. Not okay. Getting. All right. Is that all you're gonna do? Uh, that's all. Like that's a spell. So um. That's it. Yeah. Well, can I move up, cast a spell, and then move back? You can, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, cool. Because it's concentration, so I don't want to get hit. But yeah, I'll sure, do sure, that. Sure. I'll go run no up, problem. cast it, and move back. Yeah, you're not within the range of the uh, of the cube yet, so it's all good. Because Shelby has been moved back and pushed back, and then the cube oh, itself yeah. got pushed back another 15 feet away from you. So you're okay. Um, cool. Right. So, so that's the end of Ogan's go. It is now into Loran. Cool. Most of my attacks involve setting the whole cube on fire, which wouldn't be great for Aratir. So I'm going to just use Mantle of Inspiration. Um, so four creatures that I can see gain an extra. Uh, eight temporary HP. Nice. So I'm going to give that to Norman, uh, Ogan, Shelby, and Aratir. Nice. Okay. Thank so you've you got a bonus uh, eight HP. Is it? Does that have a time limit on, or is it just until it's used? Um. Uh, it is just until it's used. Yeah, I kind of figured. I kind of figured it was. Just wanted to make sure. It didn't yeah. have a, a round time limit around. That's fine. That's good. Loran then cast that, and you all. 
feel your HP or you feel energized as your health kind of and Arity, you're inside the cube. You kind of feel a, a bolt of, of kind of uh, bolstering as you, you're some of the burns on your face and particularly on your left arm that's sticking out start to heal and you, you gain eight temporary hit, point, hit points. It's now back to the top of the order. Aratir, it's yourself. Now you are currently restrained. Um, let me see now. So you're currently restrained, which means restrained creature speeds become zero. It can't benefit from any bonus uh, to its speed. Attack rolls against the creature have, have advantage and the creature's attack rolls have disadvantage. The creature has disadvantage on dexterity steps. So you, so you have disadvantage on attack rolls. And it hits against you, have advantage. And you also have disadvantage on dexterity saving throws. So you can attack the cube if you wish, but it will be at disadvantage. Also, you're muted. You're you're muted. You're muted. Aratir, you're muted. Sorry, I'm just wondering. Hey. I'm just wondering how it's gonna look me trying to fucking attack the cube yeah. while I'm like stuck in it. Just just think Frodo when he's t- stuck in that web trying to yeah. waste with the blade. It's kind of that's what it is. Um. Um, Okay, so I'm going to somehow try and swing my trusty berserker battle axe at the cube. Um, So I'm going to roll first try. God damn it. Virtual dice. Right, so that was a roll with disadvantage, so I need to roll again. Yeah. Roll again. Yeah. So, yeah, you definitely hit it. Yeah. Right away, you definitely hit it. Okay, cool. Uh, roll damage, but in you have advantage on damage? No, I have I have advantage on attack roll. So if the creature ah. was attacking you, I'd have advantage on it. But right, right, right. your damage is normal. Damage is normal. Okay. Did you did you say you had to roll at the oh at the top at of the your start of, So yeah, you, yeah. you 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 yeah. really need to hit this thing hard. Otherwise, it's going to hit you really hard on its next turn. Yeah, I know. I'm yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Ten. Ten. Oh, twelve plus my plus my rager action. Sure. So that was a twelve. Yeah. You all watch as Aratir from inside the cube just slowly but surely swings her axe up, and it punctures out of the cube's body outwards, and. You you kind of see the, the cube quiver, and then it's as the uh, right arm comes out and is free, swings down and literally slices herself out of the cube, as the cube just goes to the floor, and Aratir is left standing there. The cube now completely dissolved, just covered in drippings with goo. Dripping um, The cube is just left, like just out, and you are just there. It's nothing. It's falling into the floor. There's like sizzles of like it's like acid burning away into the air, and you mm-hmm. just you can feel the pain of it as it drops off you, but it hasn't done any additional damage to you. Okay. It would have on the next turn though. So you managed to hit it. It ha- literally had, uh, it had uh, um, uh, nine hit points left. So you okay. managed to get up to ten. So, um, well done. Uh, Aratir takes down the cube, takes a bit of damage. You can see the burn marks on her face. On her, any, anywhere her skin is bared, you can see that there's burn marks on it um, that are just sizzling away as her skin melts. Um, you've managed to clear the area. Um, that bonfire is still kind of burning away and has illuminated the corridor. And at the end of it, then, you see um, a large doorway that is no, no door in it. There's timber and everything rotted away to the floor, but there's an open doorway at the far end, about 30 feet away. Okay. 
And so ended the first little battle. Thank you. <laughs> Um, folks, what we are going to do now, as the group recuperate and get themselves and gather themselves deep after falling deep into this dungeon, we are going to take our break now. We didn't say it at the start of this episode because it is more than likely going to be the finale, depending on how the players go. So Dublin City Comics, our ongoing sponsors, have given us a phenomenal giveaway prize for this month. We do have uh, the prize. I do have the winner that we've announced for the prize from last month. But let me show you what they've given us for our final prize on Dwebs. Oh, wow. Pipe, pipe, pipe. Yeah. Ooh, it's hidden. Secret oh. passage. Oh. 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 They have given us the collector's edition of the Curse of Strahd revamped. This can be yours uh, if you answer a question that we're going to ask you after the break. Okay. So we had the Strad book from the last episode for sure, but this is very special. I own a copy of this as well. And this very has fun. some beautiful, beautiful content inside. Um, Strad is one of the, the Curse of Strad is one of the most popular kind of modules in Dungeons and Dragons. And this is a gorgeous set, obviously shaped in the shape of a coffin. Um, but this can be yours, thanks to Dublin City Comics. They are absolute legends. And thank you so much for giving this up as a prize for the finale. Um, um, we will ask the question after the break. We're now going to take our break. We will be back shortly. Thank you so much for sticking with us through this. Uh, we will be back um, momentarily to continue the finale of Pubcast Plays Dungeons & Dragons. Thank Woo! Howdy folks, welcome back after our break and um, we are going to jump straight in and do our giveaways thanks to our ongoing sponsor Dublin City Comics. Um, so this is the finale, so we have the giveaway to give away for last episode which is, funny enough, the brand new Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft and for that we had asked the question um, where, where, what domain or what area was the story of Ravenloft or the Curse of Strahd, where did it take place? Now, technically, there were two answers to this, the Domain of Dread or Shadowfell, because uh, basically Domain of Dread is a demiplane within Shadowfell. So we accepted both answers. So we are going to do, um, we're going to roll the dice. So I'm going to roll the dice on this one. Um, I usually ask someone, but this is the finale, so I'm going to roll the dice. So we have, I'm actually going to roll a d20 and see who we guessed. And um, we have A-E-I-O-U is the name of the user. So, yeah, so Domains of Dread or as in if dead, the shadow fell, kind of. So A-E-I-O-U is the name of the person that answered that question. Um, it literally, I rolled a natural one. They were the first on the list. So um, congrats. congratulations. Congratulations. To congratulations. Um, we will, I will contact you through YouTube because you commented on YouTube. I can send you a message there. <laughs> And we will get this out to you ASAP. Congratulations. Um, this copy on. Send it through the mists. I'm sure they'll get it. Send it through the mists, yes. Now, this one, right? So this is the finale. This is the big giveaway that we're doing. The Curse of Strad revamp in its collector's edition thing. Now, the problem with this is, okay, and I apologize for anyone on this one who's affected by this, but this is a big giveaway. It's a big, chunky prize. So it'll be very hard to ship it. So we're going to have to lock this to people that are just winning Ireland because it's going to be very difficult to get this out into the post. 
Um, because the post right now is a fucking it's a hot What's mess. What's going on yeah. with your post? I'm getting so many things sent back to me. Yeah, so there's a lot yeah. of custom stuff that's come up, and I don't mean to get boring on this on a D and D stream, but um, there's a lot of issues with Irish posts at the moment because if you're sending it to the UK or America, there's a lot of customs, additional custom blockages yeah, that we have to go through. Stuff, which yeah, is... yeah. So thanks to Brexit and thanks to fucking the outgoing, the now f- previous president, dickhead Trump, we are now stuck with, behind all these custom laws that we have to adhere to. Sending something like this outside of Ireland is going to be extremely difficult and hard, and we're more likely to get sent back and forth. More, more than once if we tried, even with the right forms. Because I trust me, I've tried sending artwork and books to the States, and it took me a month to send a package of four books and five art prints to one person. It's very difficult at the moment. I'm so, getting letters sent back to me in the UK that I tried to send to Ireland. Literally, all just envelopes of stickers are getting sent back. Like, first, oh, my God. Crazy. It's crazy. So to kind of cut down on any of that stuff, unfortunately, this is going to be only be open to our viewers in Ireland, and I know that does cut out because we've got quite a few viewers in the states and a few in the UK, um, and elsewhere, and, and we apologise. But because of the size of it, there's nothing really we can do. So um, the question behind this is right within this set, there is a set of four, 54 cards that help you determine the hero's path throughout the adventure of the Cursed Strad. What is the name of that deck that helps you do that? That is the question. So it's a deck of 54 cards within this set that allow you to determine the hero's path throughout the adventure. Please write the answer below in the comments and share this video on social media, media tagging Irish podcast. Now, since this is the finale, we will be announcing the winner of this through our social media platform um, up to two weeks after the episode goes up. So we want to get, get, give people time to watch the episode, get the answer in, put it up, share the video, okay? Because I know some people watch this in chunks because they can be quite long. So just to give you an answer, and we will be spreading the word about this as well, just to make you aware that this is the giveaway. It's going to be going to social media after the episode uh, airs. So what is the name of the deck that you get with the Curse of Strad revamped that determines the path of the adventure for the players? The Shelby. So, <laughs> Shelby deck. Um, <laughs> so put your answer below, share the video on social media, and tag Irish podcast. Thank you so much for entering when you do. And apologies for anyone outside of Ireland. Good luck. It's just that, uh, you know... It's for, unfortunately it's the trials and tribulations of the current world we live in because postal service is hard um, but who'd have thought that Death Stranding was right it is going to be a postman that's going to save the universe because once that's all fixed we'll be able to send things everywhere um, I don't think New Vegas predicted that but you know whatever New Vegas yeah as a fall, as an, at a non-Fallout fan that's fine but I know how much you like Fallout so that's alright um, right so folks we're going to jump back into it as the group are now dusting themselves off following an encounter with a, a ginormous gelatinous cube, Aratir dusting off more than probably she bargained for. I'm um, actually I'm actually pretty satisfied that I got to deal the death blow considering it consumed me for a fucking yeah. round. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, gelatinous cube. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm going to go up to Aratir and ask, ask her how she is. Does she feel uh, okay to continue? Oh, oh yeah, I, I can continue. I'm not quite 100%, but yeah, you know, take it in my stride. What damage did uh, did Aratir take? Uh, I took seven, but I'm okay. Oh, you're okay, okay. Because I um, have abilities if they're needed, but we'll hang on. Sure. Was it, I thought it was more than seven. I thought it was ten. I could be wrong. Are I you raging? So if it was... I was raging. 
So it was half anyway. Half, so, so it would be five anyway. you would have taken. Oh, well, that, well, no, because I was like, I took seven off, so obviously I, I only needed to take five then. Okay, we'll leave it back at seven for then. Cool, cool, cool. Um, what way does the yeah. bonus hit points work? Is that if you've taken damage and someone gives you bonus hit points and it ends, does just just does it count as healing? Well, yeah, you... so say if you've taken five damage, yeah. somebody gives you eight bonus hit points, you regain yeah. the five and then three extra. And then when you lose those eight hit points again, and say if you regain more, you only go back up to five because the 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 bonus eight points go on top of what you already have. So say if you started with thirty and you're given eight bonus hit points, you've thirty eight yeah. hit points. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then when the spell ends, do I suddenly lose those eight or? If no, they the spell weren't... doesn't end. You have you lose those eight hit points when you lose the hit points. That's it. Oh, cool. Gotcha. Then. Yeah. So that, that, that's yeah. awesome. There you go. Is that the first buff Loran has ever given the group? No, I gave one one time. <laughs> one one time. Uh, no, Loran, Loran has definitely given stuff to Aratir before. Yeah, I think Way back when. Sure he has. I'm sure he has. Um, okay, so the group find themselves in this dark, um, now gelatinous cube-less room. Um, the bonfire now fizzling out and the... The, the shadows are stretching stretching out into the room, but you can see just out, make out at the end of the room um, an open doorway with a, with a disheveled remnants of a door that has long since rotted away and a darkness beyond. So what are the group doing at this point? You can't see beyond what, what's there, just literally the open. It's, it's, like it's a good 60 to 80 feet away from you, but it's like it's just darkness. There's no real light in this room bar. The one purple torch behind you in a sconce, it's it is pure darkness. Even people with dark vision can only see sixty feet ahead of you. So um, the sconce behind us is on a wall, so behind us is most definitely a dead end. Yeah, there's no there's no exit out that way. Yeah, yeah. So push forward. Can yeah. the can the sconce can the, uh, the the light from the sconce be lifted? Can the torch be lifted out from the sconce? Or you can certainly give it a go if you want. Yeah, we'll give it a go to try and take it out and have a light. Do you want me to make a strength or? Um, yeah, please. You go over and you place your hand around the 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 kind of torch that's in the wall, attached into the sconce. Please roll a strength saving throw for me, please. Save. That's uh, not too bad. That's a fifteen total. Fifteen. You pull it and it starts to move, and then there's a wave of of arcane energy just. <clears throat> First out from it. I need you to make a wisdom saving throw, please. <laughs> God damn traps. Uh, wisdom save is 20 total. 20. Then you, you kind of shake it off. And again, you see a flash of a memory in your mind. And you kind of shake that briefly off. And you kind of refocus. And the sconce hasn't moved. And the torch is still there. And your hand is slightly scorched. and it, But it just starts to kind of crackles off with energy. Um, you obviously... Yeah. I have a torch in my kit. <laughs> Most of you should have. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to take my torch out, Talazar, and maybe leave the shit on the walls alone. <laughs> yeah, don't touch the torches. Um, <laughs> so you anyone that wants to can take a torch out of their pack and light it up, and it does give you a bit more view of the area. You can now see about a good 20 feet in front of you, and then anyone with dark vision can see the extra 60 in that spectrum. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, Wayne, just to be on the safe side, I'm going to produce flame and we'll have a little bit more light anyway. Cool. So yeah, now this, this, it's now starting. You can see now that this is just a long 
kind of room that may have had something in it previously, like furniture, and like you can guess from some of the bones laid around, there's definitely some kind of creature living here or in the room at least before the cube got the better of them. Um, but the cube is now gone, and there's uh, you can still see kind of wet marks on the ground that are just slowly but surely drying up, and and anything anything is, that was on our chair has dropped off. Um, the doorway is open in front of you. It's darkness in front of you, as you see. You don't see any light coming from it, even as you move closer towards it. Uh, I take it you're all just stepping through, are you? Yep. Yeah, yeah I'll go first. You step I'll out. Go second. Yeah, you go second. So Aratir's going first with Talazar. Um, I take Rosine is next, and Norman and Loran. And then again, I take it Ogan is taking up the rear. Yeah, I was. Uh, well, I would normally take up the the rear. I had hey, to Yeah, I would. <laughs> By the way, not to fill anybody with dread, but this is this is not what I look like on a Sunday. This is a Rosine cosplay, so that bodes well for us. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, that ended the last time you cosplayed a character on stream. That's what oh, I mean. Don't make yeah. the beast. Don't make the beast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're we're no. we by the way, it was Demi Lovato where um, Mariah Carey went. I don't know her. I gave it yeah. the full Loran. I don't know her. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so you all step out into this corridor, uh, filing out one by one, holding your torches, and you realize as you step out there that it's not so much a corridor as it is a ledge that's overlooking a long, deep chasm that disappears off down into the depths of this building. Um, it's it's It looks secure enough as you're kind of all stepping out onto it. And you can see that the, the, the ledge kind of seems to wrap around this chasm and drift downwards. Um, there seems to be some sort of, of, of purple hue emanating up from the depths of the chasm, but you cannot see a bottom. Um, you can just see it just disappear off. And there's like, you see lines of arcane light, what you guess would be another collection of those torches and sconces that seems to wind around on the pathway as you go, but not at regular intervals, like they're dotted here and there. Um, and you do, even in the locale where you are, you can see that some of the sconces have no light on them at all. There's just an empty torch. So you were guessing that some of the torches have gone out, but it does wind around down into this chasm, miles down into the ground. Oh, yeah. oh wow! Um, Norman, how would you have introduced yourself to me? What name? I, I, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah, I suppose so. I'll call you Norman because everyone else is. Um, I like to point out that I'm behind Shelby, so I can see a big bottom. Just to just make you sure you can see a big bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear God! <laughs> um, I'm going to ask uh, some of our more wondrous members. Uh, oh wait, that sounds terrible. Um, uh, uh, which I'm going to address Norman and ask Norman: Does he have any insight into which path is the best for us right now? Hmm. I feel like Norman's like down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, just points. Yeah, and uh, cut to Michael Bluth opening the paper bag and saying, like, "I don't know what I expected." Everything so far has been pointing us down. We keep going down. If you do your fly thing, can you carry me? No. Uh, 
Also, flying is usually for up. Well, floating. Mm. No, I can't carry you. Oh. Well, good luck. Um. It, and there's no um, kind of walkway down, or is it just no? The ledge, sheer... the ledge, oh. kind of the ledge that you're on, kind of curls around like a path. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So that's yeah. where you see where the lights are kind of giving that direction. So there, you can make out even at this distance that the path curls around this kind of cacophonous cylindrical cavern that goes downwards, um, deep underground. Uh, on a side note, <laughs> uh, Shelby uh, goes over uh, to uh, Loran and nudges him in a way to suggest that um, um, he can, uh, you know, get on him for a lift. As he kind of like, there's a scar that should be Aww. a big scar, but isn't. And Ogan's kind of like going, Dude! Oh, <laughs> um, that's fine. I like to ride spectacular, clean, graceful animals. No offense. It's just. Oh my god. Not your aesthetic. <laughs> the, the, uh, uh, Shelby just nods. Mm. And he kind of goes, Good. <laughs> so are the group making their way along the pathway is that where you're heading yep yeah oh yeah i'm already on my way yeah so norman's headed up he's now moved to the front of the group and is heading away and the follow the rest of you are following him the path curves down and down deeper and deeper um it takes you like it's pretty steady going there's no unevenness to it um there is a, the odd rock that's a bit loose as you step on it and it's it you know you get a bit precarious about the whole thing but then you just keep pushing forward there's no real delay here as you just there's nothing that hinders you um but all the way down as you're moving you hear that distant grinding of stone on stone and rumbling even if when you put your hand on the wall of the cavern as you descend down you can feel a slight vibration and norman as you're descending down into the pit that sense of planar energy grows and the it's, it is weird. The rest of you are all, there's a level of dread about it, but with Norman, there's a level of comfort. And it, it seems to be that this, it's embedded in the very walls around you, that it just seems to be this place is made of it. Um, is it coming out of the walls, man? Just yet. Um, it takes you it takes you a good couple of hours to kind of make your way down and you can you can pass the time in silence or talking to each other that's fine um and kind of rosine if you want to get better acquainted with your group but it takes you about two to three hours to get down there and as doing kind of... my spy, but every time it's just rock <laughs> <laughs> um as you descend, well, he gets right every time and is really proud of himself. <laughs> <laughs> but at least he's making an effort. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a lot to see down here. Yeah. There isn't, yeah. and it just it gets very samey, and it's like it starts to get a bit dizzying, and you, but then all of a sudden it starts to level out. Okay. Instead of now a, a winding, twisting thing, it, it kind of comes to a flatness, and you see not so much the bottom, but there's an area and an outcropping of a, a large plateau that has a, a cavernous opening in it. And that's where the road ends. Um, and you can see that there's now multiple sconces with these purple torches in them, all kind of framing this doorway. And there is a hue coming out of it, like a light purple hue coming out from the doorway, giving some light. 
Um, the cavern still descends more down deeper into the ground. And you can, as you look down faintly through the mists and through the, the kind of the, the dank that's down here, you can hear down below the ever motion and the grinding of rock. Uh, that, that seems to be the heart of what this is. But the cavern now stands in front of you with the purple hue illuminating all your faces as you all stand there waiting to enter. Uh, yeah, no, not, not not waiting. Yeet. Yeet. Um, Norman, Norman uh, the, the rest very much... I'm going to take my... I'm going to arm my shield again. Okay. Very much not registering that the rest of you guys are kind of present at this stage. One track mind right now, heading on. Okay. Um, Norman leads the way. Do the rest of you follow? Yep. Okay. Um, you follow on, and again, it's like this. There's no torches here, but the whole area seems to be just lit with a, a purple light that's coming off from the distance, about 40 feet down this um, walkway. Norman leading the way. You can see his shadow shape in the distance of the dragonborn form that he now has. And Norman, you're first into this large room, and the rest follow behind you. As you step into this cavernous opening, a huge burrowed out cave that seems to have pillars all around the side of it that lead up into a cone shape in the ceiling where there is this large arcane purple crystal that's giving off this light. Below it, you see this huge ever shifting similar kind of, it very reminds you of the outside of the structure that you saw, um, except it's not, it's not moving, it's stationary, of this disjointed what once was a rectangular shape but all the blocks have moved out and they're jutting out in different angles um, they do look like they can be slotted back in but they're just motionless and at the base of it there are three arcane dials that are, are huge they're massive uh, even to yourself and they have kind of handles on either end of them and runic symbols embedded in them very similar to the ones that you saw on the wall nothing is in motion here the light above you is pulsing and as you all step in you see this with Norman standing at the front and you kind of come up behind him and there's these three large what look like they're kind of like sundials but they're flat and they've got circular sections in them that can spin on themselves but they look like they can anyway but they've got a handle on either side that you could turn them like a steering wheel then you have this large structure in front of it that have all these blocks protruding out of it um, and the arcane light above pulsing down on top of it there doesn't seem to be anything else in this chamber and you can't spot any other exit out of here. What are you all doing? Um, okay, well, the last time we had uh, Norman understood some of the runes and Loran understood some of the others. Um, I presume Norman's not waiting for our permission and is already looking at them or inter interacting with them. Um. Norman I'm just going to watch Norman what he's doing for a minute. Sundials. Uh, Norman is what with the one? Norman is checking out the sundial-esque structures. Cool. Um, if you're looking at them closely, can you give me an investigation check, please? Yep. I'm looking for traps in the chamber, so can I roll investigation please as well? Do, yeah. Norman, when... with that roll... Yeah, go ahead. Tell I was going to say, when Aratir starts doing that, I give her a tap and cast Guidance on her. Right. I don't know if she will. You might use <laughs> the Guidance. Give me a roll of D4 with that two that you just rolled there, Aratir. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. D4, he says. 
with that tree. Oh, no. <laughs> With I am tree. not the person to be checking for traps. <laughs> no, you don't find any traps for sure. You find very little, bar a bit of rock here and there. Um, you know, um, and that's it. The, the purple hue is kind of kind of messing with your sight a bit as it's it's very much in the room and it's you can't see anything. Norman, as you step up with a, with that roll of 20, um, you step up and start investigating these dials, and you again recognize partially some of the, the text on it. Um, and even previously before with Loran pointing out to you what the text that they understood, you see that as well. You kind of start piecing it all together. And there are ones that correspond with each individual dial. There's some on them that aren't the same and some that are. Um, the symbols that you see that line up um, all seem to be higgledy-piggledy. But there's words that you recognize like portal, um, walkway, doorway. That all kind of seem to be mixed as you are because that's a high roll. You automatically start putting these words together like as if it's a word search and an anagram that you're mixing around in your head. Um, anyone else that wants to help on this, or do you all just standing around? Uh, I'm, I'm not I'm sorry. Help. I'm gonna just let the guy. Sorry, go ahead. That's all right, Tom. I went up to. Um, I I knew knew him, but I don't I don't understand those languages. But I'm I, on hand. Let's just say. Okay. Okay. Ogan, what are you doing at this point? Um, I'm kind of looking at the ground. I well, I'm looking everywhere, and then I'm kind of like, oh, I don't want to fall again. So it's now that I'm kind of gonna kind of have a look for traps. Okay. If you want to look for traps, give us an investigation roll. Um, I hope you do better than ours here. Yeah, who here thought Ogun was going to say, I find a worm and eat that? Well, to be honest with you, uh, traps is Sylvanian for worms, with that role anyway. So yeah. Um, yeah, with, with the seven, you again, if you, you crap out, you're looking around and you just see rock. Um, and like most of your attention, you're still kind of half looking at this giant structure and these three sundials. Um, and you don't mm. find any particular traps per se. I mean, so, would I recognize any elvish or goblin on any of the writings or nearby? Okay. Um, I'll need you to roll investigation to see that. Around, what were you going to say? I know I'll just let Tom do his first. Okay. Uh, eight. So, eight. probably nothing. You don't recognize any of the markings at all. Um, same as before, I want to look for Infernal, but I also want to take out the book from Norman and try to match up symbols as well. The book of Norman? Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> so is this the book you found in the Black Asylum? Uh, no, because oh, there's the notebook he gave me and there's the Black Asylum, yeah. both. Let's do both. both. Okay. Do um, you, you, yeah. Norman's book you take out, you do recognize a lot of the kind of the, the, the symbols that he would recognize, they're very similar. The Black Asylum book, as you're tumming through it, you find a diagram that pertains to three sundials. Mm -hmm. And yeah, has... Yeah, kind of just pulls it over to Norman. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know what it says, so... Yeah, Norman takes it. So, Norman, <laughs> you start reading this, and again, it's you can recognise the language. It is partially in, in kind of planar speak, and it's in common in parts. Like, a lot of people have made different notes on this book. Um, and the sundials start to they tell you basically this is the doorway to the heart of Seville Farm. Mm -hmm. It is also a doorway 
that they start talking, it starts talking about like a doorway to the soul, a doorway to the true self. Um, it has many meanings and many uses depending on who is using it. Hmm. Okay, but how do we get in? <laughs> the, um, the, I, it does show I a guide. Know, like, are they like rings like you'd wear on a finger kind of a thing? Or are they like, no, or are they flat? flat? They're on a podium. They're Sorry, apologies. They're flat sundials on a podium that are kind of tilted at an angle. They're, so All you're right. looking down on them. Think of like you know if you if you're if looking and you can you can spin them. You're so I just like, start spinning them like a DJ. Yeah. Okay. Um, just to see if anything happens. Okay, give me an Arcana check, please. Okay. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty good. Twenty-one. You start spinning the dials, and the first one it starts to spin, and as you spin the first section of it, the outer section. And you hear a click and you spin the interior section and that also after a couple of spins clicks into place and then you start spinning the third interior section and that spins and clicks as well um i need where so i just need to figure out where everyone is in the room at this point so obviously talas are, are sorry um norman and loran are up at the sundials mm -hmm. uh, rosine rosine is there as well are you close by grand yeah. talazar where are you standing I would have been a little. I was looking mostly at near the outer walls, so I wouldn't have been outer walls close to the side. Ogan, where are you? I was going to say I'd probably be looking around the area, like for traps and knocking around anything and, okay. and finding nice rocks. Arvatir, where are you at? Um, so I was obviously doing the similar action to to Ogan, but I'm I'm uh, furthest away from where we came in, so I've made okay. my way. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so I need Talazar, Ogan, and Arvatir to roll a let me see now I need you to roll a dexterity saving throw for me please oh, oh no oh dear oh. 12 that's a 5 yeah oh. that's an 8 an 8 okay Ogan just as you're at the back of the area and then the last cylindrical section of this first sundial clicks into place it thrums to life with energy as purple energy kind of lights upwards and it lights up on Loran's face and Norman who's off to one side and the outer area of this room glows and there is a pulse of arcane energy that flies up into the air from the ground. The crystal in the top of the ceiling pulses downwards. Ogan, you managed to dive outwards towards the centre section of the, uh, the room away from where this area is but both Aratir and Talazar cannot move quick enough and you feel a wash of this arcane energy pulse through you and you're knocked backwards in towards the central area but you're knocked prone onto your back as the arcane energy crackles up your bodies and, and it, your, your, your mind just flashes for a second Aratir you see a flash of a great city memories of this place flood your mind as somewhere familiar as you see yourself standing in a large room with a desk and piles of books you look down at your body in a split second and see that you're wearing armor of a kind of a similar similar to the one that you have but it's slightly different coloration on it and you have the mark of the captain of the guard on your armor there is a, a brief flash of pain and you take 
one point of um, of uh, arcane damage to your mind. Right. Alizar, given your state previously, I need you to roll a wisdom saving throw for me. <laughs> Come on! Ah, uh, uh, yeah. oh, fuck. Uh, wisdom save, that's a six. Six. You take four points of damage, um, arcane damage to your mind, as, again, you see flashes of your previous lives go before you. God. And you start to lose connection with them. And as you come through, you are kind of searching around on the floor, and you try and pull yourself up, and Aratir is the closest to you, and you look at her, and you don't recognize her for about two minutes. I scoot back, I, I scuttle back as she comes near me. You don't, and you don't, reg- you start to look around the room, and for for a while, it takes you a minute to remember who everyone is, and and then eventually it starts to come back to you. But the pain is searing; it's like it's like a migraine is pushing through your mind. Loran, you're standing there, and the sundial in front of you is glowing in place and seems to be locked but there is now light coming from it and the second and third one are just starting to slowly spin all the circles within them are just slowly spinning of their own accord I think I did it I did something did I just just as you say that members are they gone can you see what sorry the party members that got hit by the... Oh, yeah, they're all around you. Nobody has gone oh, okay. anywhere. But the outer oh. area of the room is glowing. The floor is glowing with this purple hue, similar to the one on the ceiling. And as you can turn to Norman and say, I think I did it, the large structure in the center of the room that you're looking up at, that the sundials are at the base of, the top sections slowly but surely close in. And then there's a... As the crystal at the top seems to pulse and lines of arcane energy form into symbols along the top part of this structure. The rest of it still See, is. This is exactly why you should have chosen me. I'm so latently talented. Like Evidently. You certainly know how to spin those dials. Spin random objects and make things happen. Thank you. Um I'm gonna pick myself up and uh I noticed that Talazar obviously seemed to be distressed when he got knocked over, so I had my flash of memory, but he I clocked the whole he doesn't know what he's looking at, so I, I pick myself up and go over to help him up. Talazar, are you okay? I don't I, I briefly don't know. I briefly forgot who you and everyone else was or were. This place is doing something strange to my mind. I saw a vision too. What did you see? I was in this great city and I seemed to be in some sort of office with a lot of books and I seemed to have like, you know, a, a, a high position in the guard, captain of the guard, but it wasn't this armor. It was like, maybe it was like a vision of our, or of my alternate reality that we've come from that could be it i've told my story before but i I keep seeing visions of the time when i lost my arm and as he does he just touches the 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 arm the alabaster arm and I've, i've been seeing 
element of my time from before being brought here, but this is this is something else entirely. And he, and all the while he's just rubbing, like really kind of putting the palm, the the, the meat of his hand in, in rubbing it against the back of his head because of the, the intense pain. And he just kind of stands up and kind of leans against the staff for support. We need to keep going. Yeah, I agree. We need to keep going, but we need to get out as soon as we can as well, because this place is evidently not good for our health. Um, um, I'm just going to go over to where Norman and Lorraine are. Don't touch it, I'm working on it. Soup destroyer. (laughs) (laughs) Norman is looking up at the big crystal. Yeah. uh, So how how far above us is it? A good 100 feet above you. Looking at it like he kind of sort of wants to fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, <laughs> oh, oh wow! Um, so spinning things. Okay. Um. Okay. Okay. Uh, I need you to give me another Arcana check. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not great. Eleven. Eleven. Okay. Um, you spin the outer circle and it clicks into place and comes to life the sex middle one you spin it and it slowly but surely slots into place and as you go to spin the third one you spin it too far and it just jams and it's like oh and it like uh, the the top two are pulsing the second one is just there's no life in it and then there's a come here come here strong strong hands come on Okay, I'm gonna head over it's, and it's stuck, like you know, like child lock caps. I can never open them either. Um <laughs> you just Parrot here, as you step up, you can see that the two outer circles are glowing. Mm-hmm. And the second the center one is is kind of seems to be like clicking in place like as if it's kind of just stuck on a on a mechanism of some sort. And okay. as you're doing this, you can see that the outer circles are going boom, boom, boom. Boom, 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 boom. And they're like building up to something. Oh, this looks this like a fucking timer. It looks like a bomb. Okay, well, fit it quick. Do something with the third one then to fix it. Come on. <laughs> okay, uh, brute force as usual. So, um, I don't know. Give me a strength check. If you're going to punch it or do something with it, just throw it, roll a strength roll. Uh, of guidance. Just, just a strength, okay. not a saving throw, just a regular strength. Just roll. A regular, if you're gonna do it, like just roll strength, and Tom has given you guidance, so you can roll a d4 with it as well. Okay, so well, my strength was 21 plus. Yeah, I think you're okay. Roll, roll the d4 there. Okay, hang on, sorry. See you, yeah, see how hard you hit this fucking pulverize this motherfucker. Plus the, the 23. 23. Aratir, you see that kind of the timer seems to be going down, and you rear back and. <clears throat> And it's just like, just a, a bump as the whole thing just seems to rock and even slightly buckle in the center as you punch the central ring into place as it just crunches inwards. And I have a bit, in. fuck you for knocking me out. <laughs> <laughs> and just as it goes in, the timers seem to all stop and it's like a, 
and there is another kind of arcane pulse as now further in in the room there is another from the ground I'm going to need everyone to roll a dexterity saving throw for this one oh, yeah. oh dear oh fuck oh, you digital dice yeah, I'm having a shocking time with the digital dice. Well, this is a 15. Well, no, it, it's just my deck saving tra- throws this game have been rubbish. No, that one oh, is a lot better than the other two I had. That was an 11 at least. But... Uh, so, Aritur got an 11, Ogan got a 14, Norman got an 8, and Lorraine got a 17. Oh, Rosie got, got a, a 15. I got a 14. 14. Okay. So, out of everyone there, uh, Norman. You are too engrossed in the book and in these dials to even notice what's going on. You don't care what the rest of them are doing. And you, you don't even notice the rest of them all diving for a central area of this room. Um, and the arcane pulse just pushes out in a wave and seemingly catches you in the back of the head. And you all watch as Norman is kind of pushed forward and lands on one of the sundials and the tentacles spring forth from his face and just... Um, as you just see the arcane energy crackle over him. Norman, you have a flash of your home dimension. And as if you're just floating in space. There's of, of hues around you. That comfort of home wrapped around you like a blanket. And then you are violently pulled from it. And the tentacles slap back inside the dragonborn shell. And you rock backwards. It's in, and it's like a small semblance of what it was the first time you were dragged into this existence. And you are in any way affected by it, you can decide. I think he's too addled by everything going on around him and kind of that sort of rich, heady scent of home to really be paying attention to anything for more than a second uh, other than everything that's giving off this like energy to him. He's like feeding on it more so I suppose would be the word just taking it in cool cool um, you now see that the central dial set of dials thrown to life and with the large because there's a large impact crater in where Arathir has punched it but it is still functioning there's the odd just as Norman writes himself back up and the tentacles flick back into his face and you all pick yourself up off the floor the central section of the column starts to twist and turn and spin on its axis as you see large chunks of it slide back into place and it turns at weird angles that you seem impossible to you as you're looking at it but it's morphing and melding into its own shape as it solidifies and the arcane energy pulses down another level and centralizes into the area um, and you see more arcane symbols pulse around it in bright purple light now leaving the last sundial untouched Right. Um... Wait, there's another one? There's three in total. Oh. Uh, oh, the second one jammed, was it? I thought the second, second one clicked and the third one jammed. Yeah. Right? Oh, the, so one of them got broken. There's three circle areas in each sundial, and the central part of the second sundial was what Arthur had to punch. Oh, so okay. One sundial left over. So has Norman, has Norman touched the third one, or has Loran no. spun the third one? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, uh, I'm going to move a bit closer to it and ask, uh, and ask the Loran Norman squad uh, if they want to try doing the same thing again with this one. Uh, why not? I guess it's been yeah. working up to this point. Yeah. Um, so the arcane... my hitting it worked. 
Just give it a big belt. All I can hear in my head is, I'll take your plane to another dimension. I'll take your plane to another dimension. <laughs> this might be a long shot, but to maybe minimize the casualties here, uh, use the book that I found in the Black Asylum, kind of like the Golden Claw in Skyrim. Is there a reference point in the book that syncs up to how these should slot? There is. Norman is currently looking at that, but he hasn't. So he has that in his hands and hasn't offered any help because he's embedded. Yeah, in it. Loran just comes over and he's like, "I just need that for one second. He, he doesn't even like. He's just yeah, like... yeah, and just looks for like the the matching diagram. Oh, I guess you see, you see, as you flick through the pages that seem to have these symbols, you get to the third one, and there's a diagram solely done for that. And there are different options available to you here. So you see, um, there's one called Soul Changer true revealer portal and gateway and they all have different kind of versions of what's on the third dial available to well, you well portal and gateway are kind of the same thing norman this is your wheelhouse fairly synonymous um like you love portals i do love portals i'm not so sure about gateways but i love portals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, it's 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 half it's six to one and half a dozen, you know. Um, what feels right? Portal gateway. Portal gateway. What's your instinct saying? Go. Instinct says gateway. Gateway. So roll an arcane check with advantage, Woo. using the symbols within the book for gateway to minimize any after effects and damage okay well the first one was an eight so i'm just gonna re-roll that for my advantage because oof that's much better yeah much better you look at the diagram within the book and effortlessly follow its instructions and just it, without any pomp and ceremony it just even for loran there's no pomp and ceremony it just slides into place and without efforts like zoom 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 and you see it trumped to life and you're waiting for that arcane explosion to happen and just the central section of the chamber just lights up there is no arcane and there's no after effect nobody is hit with any arcane energy nobody gets knocked prone and the final section of the bottom part of the of the of the large structure twists and turns and you see cylinders move out and in again and twist and click into place as it forms itself into the final section and an arcane light goes from the base all the way to the top and then splits as you see this entire thing go. And it moves open, revealing this brightly lit gateway. And as the light dissipates, you see into another section of the dungeon, a large cavernous room with a plinth in the center containing what looks to be an entire cage made out of black brambles, flowerless, but filled with thorns, pulsating, alive, and in its center, a giant, misshapen, horribly vicious-looking heart sits there, nice. beating. Parts of it off-beat with the other, as it all seems to have its own sections all moved off the chambers of the heart moving independently of each other black ichor dripping from its base and then just disappearing into nothingness as they fall that okay. is the room in front of you uh i 
drawn my long sword and I'm just gonna do a cursory slash to see what happens with these brambles. Are they well, you organic? Move portal first. You have to go through the gateway first because there it's in a different room, so you have to move I through. Do. The gateway. Okay. Yeah, I'm going through the gateway. Yeah. What are the rest of you doing? And I you follow suit. I might just nope. have it on. <laughs> <laughs> um, As I go by uh, Ran, I just say to him, you know, well done. Sorry, have you been here the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I know who you are. You're the fucker who ruined my breakfast. <laughs> soup destroyer. Soup destroyer. Talazar, soup destroyer. I'll, I'll take that over, Steve. Name Talazar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You all step through the gateway, um, and it just—it's you feel this shimmering of light as you just pass through, and it's warm to the touch of your body. And you step into this room, and as the last person steps in, the gateway closes, and you're left in this room. And as you all emerge into it, sconces all light up around you in this cylindrical chamber that it, it has like a tall, flat roof, pillars up the side. Everything's made out of dark obsidian brick. Um, and it seems to shimmer in the darkness as the lights then come to life. You see this beating heart in the center on top of this plinth in the middle of this black bramble cage. Um, what do you want to do? Uh, step up and start poking. Poking, okay. Yeah. We join the bramble cage. <laughs> Sorry. You all step up, um, or Norman steps up, Rosine steps up and start poking at the bramble cage. The brambles move and start kind of squirming as if they're alive. Um, if you stick your blade out towards them, they wrap themselves around the end of it and you kind of have a hard time pulling it back. If you reach out okay. with your hand, they kind of reach out and any of the thorns seem to slash across them, causing you to bleed. Right, stand okay. back. Will do. Um, I'm going to cast thunder wave at third level to try and burn them away from a distance okay nice nice, nice. Um, are you gonna play a sweet chord on your flying v to do it oh yeah um like little... <laughs> some of the worst rolls i could have possibly fucking rolled on 48 holy shit <laughs> um <laughs> Loran, you step forward and obviously do your thing. It's like, and this like this wave of energy just pulsates out and hits the brambles. And some of them do part and, and twist out of the way or trying to get out of the way of the damage. And some of them are hit and, and burn away and fall to the floor. And as they do, some of the brambles move to take their place, but they don't obviously fill the space perfectly. And there seems to be gaps now appearing in, in, in the area. Um, right, can anyone else do stuff like that? Um, yeah, Norman, who is still, I think, closest, is just like, I've got this. Um, I cast Blight. Okay. Um, so the plant has to make a constitution saving throw uh, of 15. And because it is a either a plant creature or a magical plant, uh, it has to make that throw with disadvantage. Okay. I think you might be all right, mate. Wow. The first row was a 19, the second one was a 5. Um, so, you cast the so, light. Uh, it takes 64 damage. <laughs> um, 60, oh, wait. Uh, is, I, I assume it's... Sorry, yeah. If it was a regular plant, it would just die. 
Um, yeah. But as a magical plant, uh, it takes, uh, yeah, it, ta it just automatically takes max damage. So it takes 64 damage and starts so, uh, to rot. You watch Norman as he just puts out the hand that was currently cut by the by the thorns and he kind of grips the air and you just see the plant twist. And you, if a plant could scream, you hear, start to hear these, <laughs> these cacophonous voices that just emanate through the air as if, and then the plant starts to wither and, move away from the heart that it has caged as it chunks of it start to drop off as it turns to even if it could turn even more black it, it does freezes and then starts to crumble away and it's left there with the heart just i'm gonna stay i'm gonna step forward and try and grab it okay Aratir reaches out and just mm, grabs no. the heart oh is fucking God. huge like it's massive and it takes your two hands to grab it uh, i need I was also gonna try to do that were you yeah okay you can you can both try together because it might take the two of you to lift it off the plinth. It's that big. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> so I need both of you to do two things. Make a wisdom saving throw and a constitution saving throw. Okay, wisdom saving throw first. <laughs> oh no. That would be a two. Yeah. <laughs> okay, 16. Then, 16 of wisdom and... for me, okay. And a constitution saving throw of 18, is it? Can't 20, see what it is. 20, 20 15. I thought it was 30. Okay. So two things happen at once here. Aritzer, you go to reach for the heart. And as you put your hands on it, there's an arcane blast up your arms. And you see again more flashes in your mind of this city, this vast city. And you're walking its streets. Mm -hmm. And you're out in the world. And you're looking around. And it all seems very familiar to you. You all watch this. As Aritzer is frozen in place. And she thinks, in, like, in your mind, Arita, your hands are on this heart, but the rest of, you, rest of them all just watch you standing stock still next to the plinth where the heart is while Norman reaches up and grabs it and manages to lift it off. Um, and, he, Norman, you don't get any flashes in your mind, but you see black pulses up your arms as mm -hmm. you take... Um, you take 11 points. Now, I don't know if you're immune to this. You're 11 points of necrotic damage. No, I still take it. You take it? So you take 11 points of necrotic damage as it pulsates up your arm. But your mind is still your own and you stand backwards holding the heart as it's like beating loudly in your hands. And it's quite heavy for you to hold. Um, Aratir, after a second, you come out of it and you're like, ugh. And you then see Norman is just standing there holding the heart. And what? then... The fuck? Yeah. And something happens all at once. At the far end of the room, you see this bright purple light emanate on the floor. And a very similar um, runic writing and circulate appears and starts to, like, as if it's drawing itself on the floor. And it just glows brightly. That's at the far end of the room, away from where you first entered. Back where you entered, a similar runic shape starts to take place in red. And these tendrils of red kind of crystalline whips. Yeah. yeah. These large red crystalline whips tear up through the floor and start to, uh, the whips themselves start to sketch out what is a large runic symbol. And they glow bright as there is a blinding flash of two corresponding lights, white and purple, sorry, purplish white and red, meet each other in the air, and you're all left dazzled by it. As you look over to where the red, red light was, 
you see the runic symbol appear and they're standing in the center it flanked by a multitude of crystalline zombies is the undead familiar visage of Cody as she stands there with daggers drawn staring you all down her eyes pure white red veins up along her face her hair slick and plastered against her head arcane energy pulsating along her arms she looks the same but different she recognizes her but you this looks like a completely different coding Odin. Oh, yeah. undead, undead. You. I need everyone to roll initiative. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, 25 to 20. 20. 20, okay. Man, talk of the order. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 20 to 15. Uh, 15 for Ogan. Fifteen to ten. No, ten to five. Nine. Both these have nine, so I take it Talazar first. Then. Wait, what's your dex, Jill? Um, my dex modifier, or, or well, my dexterity is fourteen. Oh yeah, yeah, eighteen. Yeah, so yeah, I figured yours would be higher than mine. Five to five to zero, five to one. Uh, Shelby got a four. Shelby got a four. And uh, Rosine got three. Three. I take Rose. Norman. I think Rosine's dex is higher than Norman, so Shelby. Um, Odin rolled a fucking two. Um, my dex is thirteen. Oh, mine is higher. Ooh, yeah, I thought so. Too. We're I'm kind of ungainly. Yeah, mine's fifteen. Rosine. Odin. Um, zombies. Okay, you stay down. Zombies roll garbage too. Okay. No! Naran, into yourself. What's the crack? Great, okay. He's just wants to get back. I'm casting Thunder Wave this time at fourth level directly at Undead Cody. Okay. Um, now she, she is moving at speed and then the zombies are behind her so you'll catch everyone okay cool um, so does that mean she has to make that uh, yeah so she has to be at a constitution saving throw of 15 on save of 15 let it rip, rip. Um, natural 16 roll with a plus 2 so she makes it on that Um, so she makes it it's an 18 for her uh, but for the zombies now I'll roll for them as a group they rolled a 12 and they've got fuck all on that con save so yeah so they they hit they get hit but she manages to dodge out of the way okay so she takes 2d8 so i'll roll that on a second so should i roll full damage for the zombies please do okay does she just take half of what they take no she takes just 2d8 separate Ooh. like whopper yeah so the zombies took 29 so i'm just gonna roll her 2d8 now 29 damage cool 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 and Undead Codeine takes six. Okay, that's all. Um, so 29. And she pushed 10 feet away from me as well. Wow. Um, so, in one swift motion, 29 points of damage. Thunderwave oh. hits the zombies, and they are fucking obliterated. <laughs> nice one. Um, their hit points were 22 at an armor class of eight. So, 
Cody and is on her own at this. So you, the Thunder Wave, just, you just see Loran step forward and just another power cord and it's full on. <laughs> Cody sidesteps and dives out of the way with unbelievable speed. But these crystalline zombies moving forward just shatter into a, a, a spray of red crystalline um, dust as it's pushed up against nothingness. But Codeine seems unperturbed as she dodges and pushes to one side and keeps pushing forward. Could um, you not do us the favor of staying dead? <laughs> um, and she does this like there's a, a, a wry grin across her face as she does everything. Oh. Um, but you've taken out the entire cadre of zombies with that one move, so that's that's clutch. Um, okay, so Lorraine, you do anything else? I uh, fuck it. I'm gonna give Norman Bardic inspiration. Cool, cool. I'm gonna yell at Lorraine. Proud of you, Lorraine. Thanks, babe. <laughs> um, okay. He stuck around and, and yeah. badass. Yeah, I know. There we go. All right, so um, I'm not going to do a repeat performance. I'm going to cast uh, uh, Barkskin again on Shelby. Okay. See, and is that you're just going to move up, cast Barkskin on Shelby, and that's it? And yeah, and then and then move back, um, because um, I'm not that type of combat um, druid. Okay. Um, as Grant Ogan does that, you see Shelby kind of stiffens, and you see his fur mat out, and kind of the feathers and the, and the fur barb out and latch in together like some form of armor as his, his entire form becomes solidified. Talazar, it's into yourself. Um, as soon as I see Odin, I'm a bit taken aback. Um, but seeing that she obviously has murderous intent, I'm going to dart in. Um, what's the distance between me and Cody? It's about she's, she's gaining on you. She's coming right at you. So it's about, it's about 30 feet. Cool. So there's a bunch of things I'm going to be able to do. I'm going to dart in 30 feet and I'm going to hit her twice with the staff. Go, go. Um, that was a 14 on the first hit. And that misses. And a. Now Coding has armor. Now uh, Coding has armor. 15, 15 on, the, on the second. 15 just hits. Cool. So. As part of the attack, I'm going to use from my staff the Thunder and Lightning uh, ability. Okay. Where she needs to make a Dexterity saving throw followed by a Constitution saving throw. And while I'm doing this, you see the Divine Energies of the Arm glow as I'm going to use my... Um, channel divinity that any like any thunder or lightning damage done to codeine will be maxed cool so the dexterity saving throw is um you roll a natural 17 by the way so that that's well the natural 19 and she's plus nine to dex so that is a 28 so she's okay with that that wasn't wise (laughs) and constitution she rolled a natural 16 she's got a plus two so let me see what happens now okay so she takes half of that Two, three, four, four, fourteen, sixteen, eighteen, five, G, thirty-six, 
So for the lightning portion, it's 36 halved on that. Yeah. So, so that is one part of it done. Okay. On the second one, she takes... And she takes two points of damage, and then there's the actual hit of the staff itself. Yeah. One, D, eight, six, which is seven plus six is, yeah, uh, 12, or no, 13. 13, Ooh. okay. And um, um, that's my two hits. That's, that's my, f and then I'm going to bonus action, I'm going to do a flurry of blows. Yeah. And that will be a 20 total to hit. The first hit. Excuse me. That's you. And then a following is another 16 plus 8, so yeah, that's fine. One of those, I am going to have Cody make a... I'm going to burn another key point. So that's two key points burned. And I want Cody to make a... Where the hell is this? I want you to make a constitution saving throw, along with a dex saving throw. Con saving throw is a natural 20. Okay. Dex saving throw is a natural 17 plus 9. Cool. Neither of the open hand or stunning strike uh, take hit. She takes another 4 points of... Four sorry, points no, not, not 4. It's 4... 9 points of damage. 9 points of damage. Grand up. Um, after all of this, she points her finger at you and casts Hellish Rebuke at 4th level. Um, you need to make a Dexterity saving throw. Uh, she got natural hot. fucking 20. Natural 20. You still take 2d10 damage. Natural 20 plus... 27 total. You take 17 points of fire damage as she curses you and spits in your general direction. Um, she looks fine. She, she's taking them hits, but she's still going. Um, I, I'm going to use the rest of my movement to just back away. Um, are you disengaging? Oh, well, I, I would have... Oh, yes, that's that's true. No, I'm, I'm in her face. Yeah, Grant, no, that's me. You're, you're staying where you are? Yep. Cool, cool, cool. Um, all right, so that is the end of Tom's go. It's now into our tier. Okay, uh, so I'm going to move towards my ex-besto. <laughs> this is a bit emotional, but... Uh, Totes emotion. <laughs> but I have a battle axe and I know how to use it and now yeah. I'm raging. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so I'm going to swing my trusty berserker battle axe at her. Okay. Um, so I'm going to roll to... <laughs> oh no! <laughs> what did you get? Natural one? Oh... You said 15 on the roll. Really? Because that was yeah, a one on fucking... Seven no, it's a seven. A seven. So it's a seven uh, plus eight. So it's 15. Seven. That just hits. That just, just hits. hits. That just hits. Ah, oh, thank God for that. Um, okay, so I'm going to roll for uh, Dimash. Um, Six. Plus two. Because I have for the rage and bonus, so that was yeah. eight. Um, and right, okay. Um, and I have a second action, so I'm gonna. So can I? I can just swing twice. 
Yeah, of course, you can hit twice. Correct. <laughs> it's it's easier that way. Sure. If if I actually try and catch. <laughs> um, so that's a twelve. So that's a miss. So that's so a you miss. Swing and you connect with the first one. You slice into her side of her as she's busy dealing with Talazar. Yeah. Uh, and you hit her for that, and she turns on you, and as she turns, she kind of sidesteps, and the battle axe swings into the ground. Sunk! And you see a sparks and, and, and obsidian black rock just shoots up into the air. As um, a, she kind of turns and snarls in your general direction. As a, a lack, complete lack of recognition on her face. Can I can I use my bonus action to do an armor spike attack? Um, that is one of your abilities, so yeah. Try that, so. I'm going to miss that too, probably. It's really strange. Um, the the dice rolls have stopped. You know the way they normally just show up on your screen straight away. Yeah. They stopped doing it, which is really annoying. Um, so that's a fifteen. So yeah, that, that was hits. a hit. That was a hit. Yeah. Um, so hang on, I just roll for damage. I think uh, you can turn it on and off. Like on my phone, they appear. Yeah. No. My, well, now it's now it's appearing. Okay. It heard you. So you just then just do a shoulder barge, and the spikes jam into her clavicle. And you just slam them in there and then pull them straight out and you just see a kind of a spurt of, of a black reddish ichor that seems to have a crystalline effect to it that squirts through the air um, six points of damage but plus two because of raging oh yeah Wayne, I actually gave you the wrong damage there on that turn for me I actually should have, the first one the big damage was 27 yeah. was the total damage that she was um, dealt one with the I think it was uh, like 18 or something, less, okay. 15. So, sorry, it was just because I used the channel divinity that maxed out the damage of the lightning. Oh, an extra yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Okay, yeah, fine. She takes, that's fine. She's taken all of these hits and she's still standing. And she's just yeah. snarling at the both of you standing in front of her. Zero lack of recognition. She doesn't give a fuck. Um, that is the end of our to go. Shelby, it's into Shelby. Um, Shelby just uh, charges up and... Um... Give me a second now, because I, I did actually do on the break two attacks. So he's going to uh, attack with his beak first. Yeah. Okay, that's 7 plus 2, because it only allowed me plus 5. So AC 14. That misses. Yeah, and then with a claw. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, That is 25. That definitely hits. And then the damage, if I've done it right, oh, okay, is 11. 11. So the beak misses. You snap out and coating the side steps. And then with the claw, then you just catch her in the side and it rips into her armor and slices through. Uh, and she takes 11 points of damage. Um, she's shown a bit of hurt, but she's still standing. Um, okay, so that is the end of Shelby's go. It's now into Norman, yourself. Um, so give me just uh, give me a quick sit rep of like what's around, what, what we've got around. It's just Cody in now. Just coding because Loran just yep. obliterated all the zombified creatures. And it's also the name of her off-Broadway show. Just coding. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd see it. Um, what's the what's the uh, what's the light show in the room looking like? So yes, like that red portal has those tendrils whipping around it, and they they, they kind of it's slowly dissipating, and they're, they're disappearing into the ground. And then you mm. have the, the the kind of rift on the far side. Um, that is, has lit up as soon as you held on to the heart. Um, what I need you to do at the top of your turn, holding on to the heart, I need you to give me another wisdom saving throw. Okay. <laughs> that is not a bother to you. You just, any kind of pulsing from this 
as the like the tendrils seem to be attaching themselves into your arms as mm-hmm. you're holding onto the heart and you push back any any kind of anything that tries to invade your mind you're just pushing it back like then you, know, you need to give me a constitution saving throw as well oh yeah as the tendrils pulse up your arm and you feel them kind of pulsing horrible dark energy into you it's okay I guess that's fine you shrug it off you shrug it off it's like oh, you. it's like you push it back out of your veins back mm-hmm. into the heart that double time pumps in your hands as you're holding it um, um, other, yeah. other than the portals, is the room still pretty kind of gloomy and miserable, yeah? Yeah, it's like it's a large black chamber. There's very little to it bar the podium in front of you. Um, there's nothing well, else that you can see within the room. I take uh, I'm, I my full movement of 30 feet towards the purple rift portal. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Um, you get pretty close, but you don't get right to it because it's at the far end of the room. So you've got, in, in your next movement, if you move your full 30 feet, you'll get to it. Uh, and then I use my action to use my one with shadows and become invisible. Cool. Um, you just saw watches. You just see Norman move towards the rift and then he's gone. He doesn't step into the rift, but he vanishes just before he gets to it. That's it. <laughs> okay. Um, Sorry, preparation was wasted on you. <laughs> um, it's now into scene. It's now your turn. It took it for 10 minutes. Okay. okay. I am going to... Now, sorry, I should have had this ready, but uh, I'm just going to check something before I tell you. Um, uh, and I use, uh, I'm going to do, use my channel divinity. Yeah. And I'm going to turn the unholy. I am going to... Uh, I'm going to send Codeine walking in the other direction uh, for a minute. So give us give us um, this, what's the breakdown of this. So as an action, you can censure fiends and undead. Each fiend or undead that can see or hear you within 30 feet must make a wisdom saving throw with uh, DC of 11. On failure, it's turned for one minute or until it takes damage. So it literally has to go the other way. I rolled a 15. All right, so uh, let me see my bonus action. I love okay. this dice. I love this dice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we all should have got that dice today. Uh, because it's not going great for us. No. Where did you get, where did you get us? <laughs> this is from Dakota Irish. Yeah. It's their it's their red dragonborn. Oh, oh nice. I've seen that one yet. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Oh, you did your beauty YouTuber hands there. I love it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I normally do a second attack, but in order to do a second attack, you have to do a first attack. So, so that's your action. You can move closer if you want. Um, it's your choice. Okay. Well, I. So I failed to turn it. So I might. Uh, I might dash to so get. Let me ask a question behind. here. Let me ask a question. Yeah. Let me ask a question. That spell you just cast. Yeah. Again, remind me. Is it fiend or it's undead? It's not a spell. No, it's not a spell. Uh, it's it's uh, my channel divinity. It's my okay kind of uh, centering thing. You were saying, Wayne? Norman. Yeah. Where does Norman's classification fall into under that spell? Oh no! Run it by me again. So just give us. Is that Norman spell again undead? 
Well, that's that's for Norman to decide, I think. Really, I don't, no. I don't, I don't think that is for Norman to decide. No. I'm actually, I think it's fair for, I think that's for you to decide. I don't yeah. think he is. He, I don't. Yes, he, I, is he a fiend? Is he a fiend? That's the thing. It's a he's fiend thing. He's not a fiend. No, he's, he's an outsider. Fiend, so. He is, is, so he's, he's not an undead either. Yeah, he's something inhabiting a body that's not undead. Yeah. So the yeah. body would be body. dead. Him, the the body would be dead, but the entity inside it would not be. So mm-hmm. what? Yeah, this is you in this quite. instance. So this forces the body to move in a separate direction of you. Like Rosine, is to move away from you in the direction. Well, the spell is going to get the creature to go back the way they came. But Norman isn't going anywhere currently. I think bodily, he's not trying to get anywhere. Sure. No, I just wanted to clarify the spell itself and just That's see if there's any effect point, on though. Norman. So, just uh, so there isn't any effect yeah. on Norman, and Norman can go one molested to do whatever he wants to do. So anyway, yeah. um, that is the end of Rosine's turn. If she's not planning to do anything else, and it is now she can't do anything else. I don't sure. think. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's now Codine's turn. Codine is going to turn. And sees Talazar, but Talazar and Aratir in front of her, and um, she is going to like you're kind of all around her, mm. and she can see then everyone else as well. She is going to turn to Talazar, who's done the most damage to her, and kind of pulls her daggers back, looks around, and is going to cast Summon Greater Demon. Oh. Now, wouldn't that, oh. wouldn't that have been handy at the dinner, though, at the gala? <laughs> he utters a, a selection of foul words, summoning a demon from the chaos of the abyss. So the demon then, you just then hear her mutter under her breath, and emanating from just to the side of where Codeine is, you see a tear open up. And this large, like a red beam of light shoots through um, as... It's a demon on the tear! Gargantuan shape in in this pure red skin. Like, it's like a giant skinless ape as it steps through with spikes emanating from the top of its head. Um, As it steps out into this room and kind of lands down in front of Talazar, staring down at you as it towers above you. Um, and you are then faced with this creature looking up at it. Um, I need to roll initiative for the demon. I know what roll the natural is. 18. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's got a plus 5. So that now brings it to the top of the round. It's above Loran. Um, okay. So the demon gets to go before Loran uh, on the next turn. Um, as it's now standing over Talazar looking down at you. Uh, Codeine then flips her daggers back up after casting that spell. Um, yeah. And then it's going to bonus action disengage away from the group and steps back out of melee range of both of you, leaving you there with the demon in front of you. Um, that is the end of Codeine's turn. It is now into what would have been the zombies. It's now into the demon. The demon <laughs> is now going to look down upon Talazar and Aratir <laughs> And it is basically going to do a multi-attack on uh, Talazar. But as you see its arm flick out, its fingers and talons elongate into this long blade shape. 
as a blade forms in its hand and it flicks and grasps the air as a blade made of pure flame appears in front of you and it swipes down doing a multi-attack um that is a holy shit that is a dirty 20 to hit oh fuck excuse me um and plus, you take plus 12 to hit plus 14 to hit oh it's nasty and you take You take 15 points of fire damage for the first hit. Oh, it's still good. It's still good. It's still good. The first hit. Now, and the next one is a nine. So I rolled a five, but it's plus 14 to hit, and that's a that's so that's a 19 to hit. Oh, that hits. Okay, I rolled really bad on that one. That's a two, a two, and a three. So that's a seven altogether. So it just swipes down. <laughs> As it cuts into Talazar. Arachir, you see this in front of you. As Talazar is sliced into as the blade just cuts into him, burns into his armor as he's pushed backwards. Um, oh, he's not wearing armor. He's like just... Oh, yeah, his robe. Sorry, his robes. <laughs> um, and they're kind of starting to go in flame. As you take the damage, Talazar, I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, dear sweet Jesus. That's not bad. Wisdom save. 17. It's 17. Again, there's a... there's a, like The pain erupts through your body and there's a flash of that memory but you push it to the back of your mind because the pain is greater and you manage to stay upright but you've taken that serious amount of damage the demon just like <laughs> snarls down on you it's now into Laurent yeah I'm just going to target Cody with another thunder wave so I'm going to have her roll a constitution saving throw um, try to be 15 ooh you might have got her where's her gear um, yeah so that's only a 9 roll the 9 alright so she takes uh, 17 damage from that. Okay. Um, nice. And this wave then emanates out as she's stepping away from the group. Then the thunder wave catches her in the side, and she just about keeps her keeps herself upright. And she kind of winces a bit, and she's you know she's looking hurt. Uh, damage, not heal. Fuck's sake. She's again uh, pushed back another 10 feet. Pushed back another 10. So she's basically back kind of at the lip, not too far from where her entrance was, at that mm-hmm. rift, as she's there kind of snarling in your general direction, and she again motions as if to make her way towards you, because there mm-hmm. is a slight glimmer of recognition in her eyes, as she locks her eyes on the ramp. Just a slight one. And she kind of turns her head ever so slightly and starts moving towards you. Um, are you is that the end of your goal, around? Um... Yeah, I've already got a bardic inspiration going on this fella here, so... Cuckoo? Ogan, it's into yourself. Um, quick question, Wayne. That rift yeah. rifting, is that the way out of here back home, or is that just a red rifting? The red rifting is where Codeine and the zombies came from. The other rift at the other end that Norman made a beeline for, Time Dacius told you that there would be a rift similar to the one that he made that would be the exit once you were managed to capture yep. the heart, which cool. you've done. Right, so... um. I begin casting, and Ogan say, uh, turns to Codine and says, Codine, you shouldn't be up. You should be deceased. So let the water consume you and return you to the peace. And I cast Tidal Wave. And, Tidal Wave? And, yeah, and I'm going to... I'm, like, oh. I'm going to try just capture her and the Fiend, and uh, hopefully that will work. It's 
Um, because I don't know how, how big the area is, but I know that she kind of disengaged and the demon... She disengaged and moved off to the side, so she's a bit away from the demon. The demon is kind of in front of Talazar. Yeah. Um, kind of towering over him, and Aratir as well. Aratir's off to one side. I have, I have a range of 120 feet, and what this is, it's a, an Wait, area them. of up to 30 feet long and 10 feet wide, so I'm going to clip the demon and hope, hopefully catch Cody. Now, does that cover every creature in that space, or just combatants? I think it gets everyone. Well, so no, that's why I'm, I'm directing it. It's it's a, it's pretty much a tidal wave, but I'm going to direct it in such a way that hopefully, if the demon's big enough, it'll just catch. Now, you you tell me. It, it'll well, just it is the demon him. right now is engaged with Talazar, so you're going to hit him, and oh. Aratir is right next to it, so you're going to hit her. So okay, no, hit, well, then if I'm you're going to go for the demon, you are going to hit both of them. But if you're going to go I'll, for Codeine by yourself, you'll get her by yourself. I'll capture Codeine because I'm not going to hurt the party. So. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So, so. Um, this is a, a Dex saving throw, thirteen. I rolled a 10 and she's plus 9, so it's 19. Yeah, I'm not I'm not that much of a combative, but... Uh, uh, right, so Does she, she take any damage take, on that at all? She takes damage, yeah. I'm just reading up to make sure. Yeah, she takes half of this. So... Oh, I rolled crap. So, 16... You take eight points, yeah. 8 points of damage. Okay. Um, the tidal wave buckles into her and she kind of keeps herself up. And it does bash against her. And you see her kind of... Gnash her teeth. And there's a pulse of arcane red energy off her body. And she kind of keeps herself upwards and pushes against the wave. She's still standing. One, one last thing, uh, Wayne. Um, is has that demon been actually physically summoned here, or is there a spell keeping it here? This is Ogan going into the backs of his mind and you tapping into the druid nature of his. If you if you want if you want Ogan to find that out, you're going to have to make an Arcana check. Yeah, this but this is my way of asking can i because normally i'm very of course you can yeah of course you can yeah yeah yeah. so oh okay i got a 17. okay so um that particular spell you would know that it is just an action it is concentration so i now have to roll and see because you've damaged codeine i have to roll and see if she holds her concentration okay so that's a good call on your part i rolled a natural 18 plus two Nope, that's, that's, so that's she holds her concentration and the demon stays. Um, yeah, sorry. This dice is really doing me well today. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, although it did it did do me wrong on on uh, on Laurent's thunder red. Um, okay, so right, is that's the end of your go? Um, you're here for eight points. Um, so it's now into Talazar. Oh, there, what are you doing? You think you're muted? Sorry, I was muted. Uh, so for my bonus action, I am going to um, step of the wind. Okay. Use one of my key points for that, and then dis- that means I'll, I'll be able to disengage from the yeah. demon, and I make a beeline for Codeine, and I'm going to take a strike at her. Yeah. That's a yeah. That's a twenty-one to hit. That hits. So I need her to make a, a DC seventeen con save for me, please. Fail. Roll the twelve. She is now stunned for the next right. uh, until the end of my next turn. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that's on that. She takes a for that hit. She takes thirteen points of. Bludgeoning damage, next attack now because she's stunned is at advantage. 
which shit um probably misses uh, uh, 15 to hit that just hits doesn't that it? just hits that just hits and that is okay, that's another 13 points of bludgeoning damage okay she's looking hurt she's looking hurt and let me see how, how many key points do I have left actually I'm gonna burn my reaction for that second hit Wayne um can you tell me I'm just have to double check does stun mean that she is she would fail deck saves automatically fails strength and deck saves yeah so she would take another two d8 of lightning damage for that last hit okay to which would be another nine points of lightning damage okay and where the fuck is my... I can't see my key points. There we go. Like she's she's swaying on the spot. She's stunned and she's swaying on the spot. And the, as the damage hits her, the lightning crashes her body. And she is looking hurt now. At this point, there's blood kind of pouring from her eye sockets and she is looking sore. I'm going to take another... I'm going to burn my last key point. I'm going to do two more uh, kicks. Both have advantage, which be a 16 to hit on the first one. Yep. And long that's top, and that would be yet yeah, the second one hit 16 plus 8. Okay, that's another that's what I'm gonna do now with a further seven points of bludgeoning. It seven plus okay. 12 is 19 points of bludgeoning damage. Okay, um, she is looking very rough, um, she's taken all these hits all in one, like boom, 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 and she's like pummeled, and she's just standing there dazed as there's energy crackling off her. Parts of the red crystal that is it, it kind of stuck in her armor and her body are starting to drop off, and there's blood pumping from the sides of her eyes and from her mouth, and she is looking very hurt. Um, okay, is that the end of your go? Yeah. Now she's okay. still stunned until the end of my next the end turn. Of your next turn. Yeah, that's fine. Ta- uh, Arat here. Uh, so I'm right beside the big demon, right? Yeah, you're kind of beside it. It's engaged with Talazar, so it's not like you're about. You're, good, you're about 10 feet from it, so you're not right up on it. Yeah. And you were on the far side of Codeine. I'd be up with... Um, I, oh, yeah. So, Talaz- it was, Talazar was there. So, you're... He disengaged and went after Codeine, right? Yeah, but where it went, like, when he was there, you were 10 feet from it. So, yeah. he was engaged with Talazar. Talazar disengaged himself, but you now are 10 yeah. feet from the demon. And it's kind of turned slightly just as Talazar moved. Okay. And it's, ob- it's not obvious to me as a non-magic user that he's there because of code like he's like if something happened to cody and he disappear kind of thing it's only you, you don't really have that knowledge you did no, see her summon it, but yeah you you did see her summon it but you, you you uh you kind of yeah i mean you could make an arcana check really if you want you would no. need to make a yeah a, a no can't say like... yeah to be to be honest if, like as far as Aratir is concerned like the big bag bad is in front of her and cody yeah. is looking fucked at the moment so yeah. um I'm gonna attack with my trusty battle axe. You would need to make some concentration checks for the hits I've made. Yes, I will. For the demon to stay. Um, that is a natural 14 plus 2. That's 16. So she holds the spell. I think it was. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So the, even after taking all that pummeling, somehow stunned and everything, she manages to hold on to the spell, and the the demon stays up. So you want to swing in on the demon? Go nuts. 
I am, yeah. So, uh, uh, 13. Misses? Oh, sorry. Misses. This is the demon. This is the demon. This is the demon. Um, yeah, that misses. You swing the axe okay. and it just sights them as it sees you coming in and you manage to swing down. Okay. I've got two actions, so I'm going to go for it again. Go again, yeah. <laughs> 15! 15, that also misses. You swing in and it just sidesteps oh, you again. Shit. You swing the blade out and it just whiffs the air as you hit nothing. And it just grunts down at you, kind of readying its blade as if to hit you. Well, that didn't go as planned. Nope. Um, that's is that's the end of your go. So it's now into Shelby again. Come on, Shelby. Right, he's gonna he's gonna growl at the demon because he wouldn't know any better, and he's gonna try and bite it with its beak. Okay. And he gets a uh, oh sorry, uh, fourteen. Fourteen. That misses. He goes right. to snap at the heels of the thing, and it just moves its foot out of the way. And then it's all oh, rolled off a 17. His trusty beak is again 14 as well. Um, again, misses. Just swipes air uh, with the beak. Um, so Shelby just manages to the demon. Even getting it from all sides, it's able to sidestep and see all this stuff coming. Um, Norman, Cynthia yourself. What are you doing in your invisibility? Well, I can get to the rift on my next turn, yeah? Yeah, you or can get into the rift. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so as soon as I move, I am no longer invisible. So, yeah, yeah I'm going to move towards the rift. Kind of like glance around and just like, you've got this, and then step on through with the heart. Okay. You step on into the rift and it starts to pulsate and um, you see the arcane runes rotate and build. And then black tendrils start to flick out from the heart. I need you to make a wisdom saving throw and a constitution saving throw for me, please. Come on, Norman. wisdom yeah that's good you push the effects from your mind oh constitution though no but the black ichor pulses back up your arms and you just feel this pulse into this dragonborn body as it it fucking hurts and you take six points of necrotic damage uh, as you just feel it the, the the scales of some of the armor of the other dragon it scales at the flake off and you can see the flesh underneath as the body starts to decay from this necrotic damage that's now pulsing through this form. Um, in the back of your mind, you know that this form, even even though it's fresher than some of the others, it's not going to last much longer if this energy keeps pumping through it. Um, the rift pulls at you and you can feel that sensation again. And the black tendrils seem to try and cling on to this area where you are and it fights against it. But after about a couple of seconds where you think it's not going to work, you're gone. And you all watch anyone that's paying attention to Norman, you hear him shout, you've got this. You just look over and see him just step onto the portal and with the black heart in hand, vanish. That is the end of Norman's go. It's now into Rosine. Okay. Um, uh, is coding closer to me or uh, the fiend? Um, you would be... You kind of, I think you moved up towards Codeine when she was near the Fiend, so you'd be kind of intermixed between the two of them. Yeah, you could go between the two. They're about, All right, about I am going about to... 20 feet each from you. Okay, I'm going to try and hit Codeine two handed with the longsword. Okay, go for it. Seventeen. That hits. 
Give us your damage. And let's do it. Oh, not bad. Nine slashing damage. Rosine, how would you like to kill yourself? <gasps> you managed to take down Cody. Oh. That's kind of beautiful. Yeah. Such a weird <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I... Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know about that. Kim doesn't know about that, but Rosine is stoked. Stoked. <laughs> Killing someone dead. Um, so, you slash out with your blade, and you just cut through her. Talazar is there, kind of panting heavily from the damage he's taken and also from the concentration he had on pummeling into this creature and you just slice into into her with your blade cutting her from the kind of her hip up to her shoulder the top part of her body just slides off and just cracks to the ground and dissipates into you know the crystalline forms just start to vanish into the air and she's like oh 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 and then breathes her last as whatever form this is as she dies then the large fiend engaged with Aratir and Shelby just you hear it as this uh, terror in reality wraps itself around it and it just starts getting pulled back in and just vanishes in a puff of red. Um, and you're all left standing in this room now. Codeine completely dispatched, her undead form dead in front of you all. Um, Norman having vanished into the portal and the demon being torn back to its own reality. And here ends the combat. What are you all doing? Cannonball into the portal. I, yeah. Before I go into the portal, like bonus action, healing word myself. Tom, when you cast your spell, I want you to make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, God damn it. Oh, no. I'm going to turn to Rosine and say, I'm not sure I could have dealt the fatal blow in the end, so I'm glad you were here. 19, wait. 19. As you cast uh, the energy on yourself, you feel it pulsate through you and you start to heal. And then your mind pushes against it and more flashes of imagery pulse through your mind. And then you fight them back as you heal up the points that you take. But your brain is rattled. Whatever has happened to your mind between Trevelyan and traveling to this realm and all of the arcane energy that's been pulsed through your form, you are slowly but surely starting to forget things and forget the people around you once more. Even though you've healed yourself, you don't feel whole. Um, Jesus. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, uh, Roisin. Uh, uh, when Aratir said that to me, I didn't realize who, who Codeine was. I didn't know that was. Yeah. So yeah. so um, I turned to Aratir and I'm saying, um, I was glad to assist, but I'm a Afraid I don't know the significance of this. And I'll fill you in on the details when we have less <laughs> imminent things to worry about. But trust me, um, they were, that person was a friend um, before they became undead. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, let's go. Is there anything of Codeine left behind? Any daggers or anything? The daggers are there on the ground, yeah. I, I pocket them, like, hand them over to Aratir before we... Oh. Oh. Um, Aratir, you can add... Um, you can add two vicious daggers to your inventory. Vicious daggers? Coding leveled up seriously before 
she was dispatched to fight you. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Wayne? Yeah. Before we go through the portal, I'm gonna uh, produce flame and uh, burn Codeine's body until there's nothing but ash. And yeah. then burn the ash so that this cannot happen to her and she can rest in peace. Cool, cool. Um, the body was already starting to melt away into, into red crystalline ash, but you burn it even more and it just chars and blackens. And then kind of, and the red portal that you came into now is completely dissipated. The tendrils disappearing into the ground once more. <laughs> um, are you? I take it you're all like Loran. You said you're cannon, cannonballing already into the portal already. You were um, gone. You're gone ahead of everyone else. Yeah, you're gone already. Um, the rest of you, I take it you're kind of barreling in as well. Well, um, yeah, yeah. if I notice that Talazar is kind of out of it and not um, kind of not focused into moving as quickly. Ogun will come up and he'll hold him and help him. And I want it. this is more tapping into my uh, nature background and, and the, the thing that gives me my power. Would I know if a lesser restoration on him would do anything to help him? I mean, I can check, see? Okay, cool. Um, Cause it's, 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 oh, okay. That's a 19. 19. Yeah. Um, you, 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 if you want, you can definitely try to cast le- um, lesser restoration on him, but you, like Talazar may con- may confide in you what's ailing him, and like, but he, his body seems to be healing, but his mind is seems to be loosening. Oh, it's grip well, on the, reality. The, uh, lesser restoration. It it just it, uh, the, it it cures one of the following conditions: blinded, deafened, paralyzed, or poisoned. If it's not going to do anything like that, then I'll save it for just in case we're not out of sure. this. You know, but sure. I just want yeah, to totally. see. But I also wanted to help him because he is like going really slow for uh, for it, for him. Yeah, no, that's no problem. So the rest of you have bundled into the portal. Mm-hmm. Have you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Norman, you materialized <clears throat> back out into Dacius Trevelyan's tower. The spindly tall form of Trevelyan, leaning against his staff in the corner, stands bolt upright as you appear in by yourself, holding this Icarus heart out. As you land in, you look up, you see, and you lock eyes. I need you to make another wisdom saving throw and a constitution saving throw. Doesn't miss on wisdom. No. Um, wow. Or con. Or con, no. You manage to push both back as you're like, Ugh! you land in and you just focus as, as the planar energies have left you. And you feel that pull of loss, the anger pulses through your body, and you just push any effects out, um, because you've been torn back into this reality from a very comfortable place, even though it was a dark and horrible place. Just, it, it was comfortable for you. Prick makes me angry on life. Exactly. Really. So Trevelyan moves forward, and at a brief second, there's a smile on his face, happy to see you arrive in, and you you know if the fo- if the rest are following behind you, you have very short time. So what are you doing? Right this what do i do with it follow me and trevelyan leads the way out of the tower and down the spiral staircase instead of going right where at the bottom of the tower into into the main great hall area he leads you to a left area and there's a wall at the end and he just pushes on the wall in one section and arcane symbols appear around his hand and the wall kind of just shimmers out of existence and you see the entrance into a larger room you follow him in and you see a, a a long, long enough room with pillars on either side and standards of 
different houses that you have no recollection of what they are, but there's these different heralds of different houses of royalty. Some completely different designs. You recognize some of the symbols as being elvish, some as being common, some as being dwarvish. And um, there's a few infernal here and there in different colors. And then at the end, you see this massive, massive throne made entirely out of bone. And in the center is what looks like a rib cage, but it's it's very much a cage as it, it as Torellian gets up and opens it up and there's a latch and a clasp on the inside of it. And he says, place the heart in here as he gestures towards the large ribcage section. Inside check. Yeah, roll this inside wanna... Yeah. I have never trusted this man. Yeah. <laughs> and I still do. Yeah, no, he seems oh, very no. sincere. In, in the heat of the moment, he just seems to be urgently gesturing for you to do this, and he seems insincere about the whole thing. Um... And he just gestures for you to put put, put the heart in. Um, and if you wish, you go to head to do it. Um, then, back in the tower, Loran, you land in to the into the place. And you kind of, as your senses come back to you, you see the room all about you. Um, you don't see anyone, but you do see on the ground a trail of black ochre that leads out and out of the out of the room and down the spiral staircase. Um, what do you want to do? Yeah, sure. Let's pop yeah. down. So you follow the trail and then seconds later everyone else boom, 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 you all arrive in and you just see the the coattails of Iran's um, coat just disappear around the doorway uh, and you and you look down and you can see and you can smell it at this stage as well it's pretty foul this trail of ochre that leads outwards um, sorry as we're walking I presume we're going to follow the, the, the trail but as we're going who's taking the most damage that's around me Wayne um, I, I want to say Talazar. Talazar is looking pretty, pretty beat up. Talazar is looking pretty beat up. Well, since I'm holding you, um, I'm going to cast Cure Wounds at third level. Awesome. Hopefully, I'm not let down. Uh, you heal 14. 14. Brilliant. Thank you. No problem, um, You feel invigorated. Um, Talazar, as you land into the place, um, again, another wisdom saving throw for me, please. Um, Trevelyan really fucked with your mind. Any wow. any arcane energy that hits you? No, gone, gone. I I, I rolled a seven. Um, a seven. As the heal hits your body, you feel invigorated, but then your mind flashes again, and you see a large portal, and you're frozen in place. And you see Vestavus standing there. You see two other forms, and you see Vestavus gesturing, and there's screams all around you, and bright lights in red, as this just arcane blast moves through the portal catching everyone and you're knocked back the rest of you are all standing wherever you're standing with uh, Talazar and you see his form get bounced up against the wall as he kind of tries to right himself and as you look up and you do not recognize anyone around you and no matter how hard you try you can't pull back the names or recognize the faces and it takes you sometimes you're staggering down with this group as you're all moving but you, you're you're finding it very hard to re- and as they kind of talk to each other as you're moving and checking on you you're still trying to pull back their names and you don't know who they are do, do I even recognise any of the kind of garb I'm wearing the, the, the kind of do I recognise that I'm even a monk um, you start to kind of get recollections of yourself the arm fucks up your mind you're like what the fuck you're looking at your 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 uh, your, your um, 
appendage, your extra appendage and your 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 alabaster arm with the runic symbols on it. You're like, like from the memory you just had, you were fully, you had full body. You weren't, I had a neck. You didn't have this fake arm on you. So you're like wondering what's going on. You're you're scared, and um, you feel strength. You're like you you don't feel weak in any way, shape, or form. It's just that you're confused, and the and the whole place seems to be spinning. Um, Norman, back in the room where you are, are you placing the heart into the cage? Um, am I? Laron <laughs> <laughs> walks in with Starbucks. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I think after all this, uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll wait. It would be right, I suppose, to ensure that everybody gets off of this um, miserable rock. Thank God, Norman. I love it for you. Not <laughs> as character growth for Norman. Yeah. It's also we worship him when we get back to our own places. That's what it is. It's a long con. That's true. (laughs) Wayne, does does Norman get like a level up due to a a feat for that massive development? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Loran arrives in and then less than two, three minutes later, the rest of the group arrive in. A stumbling Talazar in their midst. Um, you all watch as Norman is standing there at the top of the room with Dasis Trevelyan, who's gesturing towards this kind of shape. Uh, and you see all the heraldry around you in this old room that doesn't seem to have been opened in a long, long, long time. Um, Talazar, of all the things you don't remember, you remember this room. This room jumps out at you all of a sudden. You see it lit brightly of from days of old. And your mind is throne reeling as you see the throne of bones change in shape into another throne. A large, kind of heavy granite throne with a, a beautiful gold symbol on it. And sitting on that throne, you see a king who you don't recognize. This is all happening inside your mind as you're standing here. As this flash of a life that you don't remember with all these this heraldry that seems to symbolize a unified realm. And you're looking around trying to take all of this in. Um, the rest of you have all arrived in as well. Norman is standing there with the heart. What are the rest of you doing at this point? I'm... I've already been talking to him before they come in saying, we should just go. We should just go. Let's just go. Let's make this quick. Um, telepathic talk into uh, Laurent's head just uh, quietly. What's your read, sus or not? I mean, we've never liked him. This is probably self-serving more than serving us. I have a feeling this will benefit him and we might have to get the payoff long-term, but I don't know. Uh, All of you, for the first time ever, I'm going to value one of your opinions. Um... (laughs) Put the heart in the bone cage. Um, Wayne, can I make like a history check or something, or something yeah. to? You can like, give me. You can you can give me a history check for sure to see if you remember Wayne, this there. Yeah. For the first time ever, because I've been staring at it for ages, never wanted to use it. I want to try and see if I can do a religion check as well to maybe copy. Sure. 
because this kind of feels a bit dark putting this heart into a rip cage to make everything better again but sure. you know it could be the decor of the place so yeah not Tom, 20 you... plus one not 20 plus one in all your in all your kind of lack of memory and flashes of previous lives you focus hard staring at this throne of bones that morphs into something more welcoming all of a sudden you remember this was the throne room of an old king who ruled over a city called Neverwinter that you were a herald of many many years ago in a past life you look up and look at this form on the throne and he looks down at you and gives you a nod and as he does so every moment that has been causing you pain over the last few like the last day or so since Trevelyan did this to you all start to flash in front of you and there is a searing pain in your eyes as you start to remember your original life outside of this realm and it burns I need you to make a wisdom saving throw for me Oh, <laughs> 13. Okay. You try to grasp onto these memories that give you a semblance of normality and a semblance of recognition, but they slip through your fingers as they start to burn away in your mind and you begin to forget. The bright image of the throne room slips away and you see nothing but darkness. Oh. You all watch as Talazar grips his eyes and his mind burns away from him as he forgets everything. And he's left with oh two white orbs as the monk in front of you is blind. You needed to hit a wisdom saving throw of, of, of 16. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> you are on, having... He's blind and he's lost all his memories. He is blind and he's lost his memories and he is just staggering in front of you. You've watched all of this happen just as Norman is asking you all uh, for your opinion on this and Talazar is trying to make sense of everything as he kind of staggers and screams. Uh, Ogan holding him up with Shelby probably propping him up as well. Um, and Talazar loses sense of himself. Can I cast a Lesser Restoration? Yes. Or restore his... Uh, sight. I'm going to do that. Yeah. I'm going to place my hands on. Uh, it's a second level, if that matters. I'll place my hands on Talisar. Yeah, and, and I, uh, I just, I just startle as, as you do this. Sure. Yeah. Um, you, you feel the divine energy burn into you, but it's not painful. It's, it's a healing, and your sight comes back to you, and you blink blurry vision, as the forms in front of you appear, but you've no memory of who they are. You've no memory of this place and you're wondering what is happening as the last memory of your disjointed lives throughout your existence fades from your mind and you are a blank slate. You have your sight and you are alive, but your memories are gone. Who are you? I'm going to put a, put a hand on his shoulder and just... Um... And just recoil. Okay, I'm going to... I'll, I'll back up a little bit. I'm just going to 
uh, comfort him, tell him that we'll figure this out uh, once we deal with the matter at hand and not to worry. Speaking of the matter at hand, opinions, please. I have a question, Trev. Um, The heart, right? It can be used for a lot of things, as you said. It can. So what exactly does putting it in here do? This stops Devil Thumb. It cages him forever and allows us to open portals to send everyone home. If I open the portals while he isn't caged, he escapes through them with his armies. This is to keep him here. And reseal the prison, freeing everyone else. What happens if we keep it? He breaks free and runs throughout reality. His army of crystalline zombies flood into every plane of existence and he runs through it, causing war and chaos everywhere he goes. Into all of your realities, every single one of them will fall under his blade. This is the only way to contain him that place that held the heart had become corrupt, become part of the problem. The planar energies were leaking out, causing rifts. This is the only way to seal him. I have created, and you look down on the floor for the first time and you see that there are similar runic symbols engraved into the floor. Not chalk, but engraved. And they seem to be there. And he, he's waiting there as he's kind of standing next to it, waiting as if to make the final incisions to create the circle in order to perform the ritual. Okay, I didn't ask for the history book. Right. What um, do you want to do? I mean, to be totally honest, I still don't trust him. <laughs> well, if, if, if we don't do it and we, and we just activate it and go through, it's only a matter of time before someone we know that has died comes back and gets us. So wouldn't it be good that like we leave here and close the door so it can happen? And no offense, but I don't want to see any of you die and then come back and find me and, and try to kill me or vice versa. I don't know, it might spice up your weekend. Uh, Wayne, can I, I use uh, Divine Sense? Divine Sense, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to cast Divine Sense and see, well, use Divine Sense and um, see if I can detect, oh, I'm going to try and detect good and evil, and I'm hoping to get evil from the heart and good-ish from him. What do, sure. I, what do I get? The heart is nothing but evil. It's, it's pulsating, like the, uh, the blackness that's falling off it. You see, it's like, as, as Norman is holding it, you can see that it's, it's dripping of, of black ochre, but when you sense your divine sense, it's like there's an aura of this blackness all around it. And you can see tendrils, spectral tendrils reaching out into the room, passing through all of you, not, not like kind of inflicting itself on you, but it's ever growing as it's moving around, spread, spreading like a web in the room. Um, Trevelyan, you sense both good and evil in him. Same with like some of the individuals in the room. Norman is giving off one hell of a buzz um, Loran is pretty much chaotic neutral to a degree. 
Um, but like there, there, there's there's evil in every single person here of different variations. But the most evil not thing Ogan. Not Ogan. Ogan is pure. Um, not Ogan. The heart. Oh. The heart. And funnily enough, when you see Ogan, the shape that you see around him, like the aura, is not that of a Wolverine, but of a squat, short man. Um, uh, just as note. Um, but yeah, the heart seems to be the most evil thing in this room, and it seems to be spreading out even more as it moves, as it's sitting there in, in Norman's hands, it's the evil seems to be stretching outwards. We could eat it. I did consider nice. eating it. That was actually, that was the first place my head went. I was eating it. It's going to take fucking ages, but that is it's exactly a fucking where hard, I went. Yeah, it's a hell of a meal. Um, as you're conversing and as you're doing I'm this, sure. you hear outside... Yeah through the walls, because there's no windows here, but you can hear them through the walls. And some of you, some of the magic users sense this, Norman especially. There is a large... And this wave of dark energy, and there's a divine sense still up. You see the heart go... And it, it beats heftily in, in Norman's hands. And there's a pulsate through it. And you see the black eiker flick off into the air. And tendrils flick out from it. You then start to hear screams uh, outside and a loud cacophony of skittering legs of something. Like hundreds upon hundreds of legs. Outside, wherever this room is, out in the world outside, you hear screaming, you hear shouts of battle. You can just hear this outside. Um we so, gotta, we gotta cage that heart. We gotta do it. Gotta Thank cage you. that heart, man. I know you want your fun, Norman, but and I know you don't trust Dacius, but it is yeah. the letter of. Sorry. You? Not particularly, but I'd be willing to stay here to keep him in line to make sure that that heart is caged, so that we don't have any of this this shit coming at us anymore. Because I'm seriously fucking sick of it. Well, in at least one regard, we were like, fine, on your head be it. Um, yeah, I'll this is going on, Talosar's just like, literally just on, what the, on the floor. Did? What's his damage? I have no idea. <laughs> it seems he's really gone through something. Something's beset him and he, he seems to have lost his entire self. Um, his one vote for... It's destroyed. It's tragic, really. Mm. Yeah, it's like me on a Monday morning when I haven't had my coffee. I can't think straight. <laughs> like there's nothing in there. Yeah, I'll pass it in here desperately. Let's do it. Uh, okay. I, while he's doing that, because Laurent just got a little bit too curious. Laurent just wants to have a little touch of it, just for posterity. Okay. So uh, Laurent, you put your hand on the heart. I need you to make a Wisdom saving throw and uh, a Constitution saving throw. Okay. Wait, I'm I'm over here singing. Cage your heart. Look yeah. around. Yeah. Uh, wisdom. Hey, hey, wisdom's only at eleven. 11. All right. And calm is a ten. <laughs> so, Loran, you put your hand on the heart, and there's a pulse of black energy just moves up your arm, and you see the veins start to creep up as well. There's a flash in the back of your mind and you see your home. You see the castle. You see your parents. 
and you see a demonic form circling both of them and they seem to be unaware of it and you see the demonic form over and over again plunge a long blade into them but they're alive they don't see this they don't feel it they don't seem to acknowledge it but this demonic form is just constantly doing it over and over and over again and your mind flashes away and then you take Mm-hmm. Um, you take nine points of necrotic damage as you recoil back from it and the black veins move up your arm. Cool. Um, and that is what you see and that is what you feel. Norman, you move forward cool. and place the heart into the rib cage, and it slots in place and the cage wraps itself around it and seems to, like, it's like the heart barely fits in as the cage pushes itself around it and parts of it are oozing out the ribs and there's ichor flowing down it. It then starts to glow as Trevelyan, with the end of his staff, carves into the floor and there's a bright flash of white light. And you see the light emanate up through the floor and there's a rumble as the ground starts to shake. And Trevelyan pulsates himself and you see that crystal that he opened up in his chest starts to pulse. And he is pulled towards the throne, jamming into it. His essence sinks inwards into the throne as the entire room shakes and the area around the throne breaks away with the runic symbols and gets pulled out of the ground and up into the air. Breaking through the ceiling, you see light from the day pour in as the walls collapse around you and the throne with the essence of the heart and whatever was left of Trevelyan now completely dissipated into the throne, disappear up through the ceiling. The room is open up around you. You can see out into the courtyard at the side of the castle. And the sight that you behold is definitely something. As you peer up, you can see that the large globe that was hanging over the city has burst open. And thousands upon thousands of spiders are flowing out into the city in a wave over and you can see all the guards and all the armed people are fighting them and slashing through them as a battle ensues. The group, you all move out and look as you see the throne rise up and come in line with the globe, just in time for these large pincers to reach out of the globe as you see this huge form of a half man, half purple crystalline spider pull itself from the depth of it as you see the form of Seville Tharm looking out over the realm. The throne moves up. (laughs) The throne moves up into place and Norman, you feel it as this pulse of arcane energy waves over the whole thing and a beam of light shoots directly from the center of the throne where the heart is, catching Seville Tharm in the chest and he reels back and screams a blood-curdling scream. And you see people clasping their hands over their ears and uh, and crying as some of the spiders overtake them um, as they swarm over the city. There are spiders close by near you, about 120 feet away, but they're busy fighting soldiers and you're, as your group is all standing there looking at all this unfold. The beam pushes several farm back into, slowly but surely, as he tries to grip onto the side of the globe. This dark mass, uh, like a huge hole in the air, like a wily Kyoti hole sitting in the air like an acme hole, as he is pushed back in. And the energy builds up and builds up and builds up until there's a blinding light and it pours out over, over the area. The spiders stop and, and they're repulsed by the energy. Norman, 
you feel a pull at the back of your head as the dragonborn form starts to fade away. The energy pushes Sevotarm back into his prison and starts to seal it shut as the spiders all start to kind of squirm away and dissipate into nothing. Then before you even know, the throne just is gone. Rebellion with it, the heart gone. And the large black globe that was over the city just vanishes into a pinprick and then out of existence. For the longest time, there is silence. As the remaining forces that were there to fight pick themselves up and are all looking around. And they see, some of you see you, the group, huddled together standing in this pile of rubble at the side of the castle. And some of them cheer and point at you. Some of them cheer and shout at the air. As the sky returns back to its normal blue, grey. And it's just silence then. And as each of you look at each other, you all start to feel this sense of a pull in the back of your mind. Then memories start to return to you. Memories of your life that you had long forgotten. Talazar, you still don't remember anything. As you stare at everyone, a blinding light catches you and you just, you watch as Talazar vanishes. You look over at Ogun and for a split second you see the Wolverine sitting there in his grubby clothes, just looking at everything unfold, patting Shelby. And then in a blinding light, a flash of light, the Wolverine form is gone. And you see a small dwarven man, butt naked, a long ginger beard, <laughs> plaits in his hair, twigs sticking out of them. He's looking around, looking at Shelby. And then in an instant, he's gone. Wow. One by one, you all look at each other and you start to disappear. And the people around you start to disappear. You start so... to vanish. For the order here, I just want to kind of get a beat because if possible, I'd like to say something to Norman before we disappear. Sure. Um, basically just, it's been real. I'll preach your name back home. Stay in contact. Uh, once I'm back to godhood, I will visit my wrath upon you. Good. I look forward to it. We can have crumpets. Mm. <laughs> he doesn't say anything to the others. <laughs> He blows our tear. Oh, I love those two. <laughs> <laughs> and as as you are conversing, you can start to see the glow happen around you. There's no glow around Norman. Literally, his form is pulled from the dragonborn body as it crumples into nothingness below him. And you all see <clears throat> Norman in his form writhing tentacles. And Ryan can expand on this, but it's like a it's like a space octopus with one gigantic beady eye, um, tendrils yep. just dripping with ichor. And it's just floating there. Yeah, well. it's it's just a mass of shapeless limbs with uh, a single eye and no other organs visible. It's it's just uh, it, it's it's like giant black spaghetti. Almost like a beholder. Um, no, not at all like a beholder because they have loads of eyes <laughs> and are just a ball. Um, this is just limbs. Okay. I think of like the flying spaghetti monster, but made out of black ichor <laughs> with one eye. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah there, there he is. There he is. Wayne, can I, can I say something yeah. as I depart? You can, of course. 
Who's that? Yeah. Um, my name is Owen Ogan Lyric of the Clan Lyric, and it was great fighting beside us. Be safe, and if you're ever in Sigil, give me a call, and I vanish. Who was that? Um, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, Talazar, you like even before you vanish, you're kind of taken in with all this, and it's so discombobulating for you. And if there's anything you want to say to a group of people, you really don't know who the fuck they are. <laughs> um, I'm like, ah, bye, bye. <laughs> Aratir, you watch, like, uh, Norman's form, it's like, it just starts to kind of, not so much break apart, but parts of it are being pulled off in, like, different directions. And Norman, for you, you can just feel home pulling at you and you're being drawn back to where you're from. And slowly but surely, the light envelops yourself and Loran as you're conversing. Loran, you dissipate and you see everyone disappear around you. And as you blow your kiss to Aratir, the white light envelops you. Aratir, you see this happen as you see them all start to dissipate and vanish around you. And the light starts to envelop you. And you see the world around you fall apart and start to reform and fall apart again as you the light overtakes you and there's a bright light envelops and blinds you. Rosine, your small time with this group was action heavy. Um, and you see it all dissipate as well. And you see them all leave in their different forms as the world starts to crumble and fall apart. And you feel the divine light. And to you, it is divine light because this is your way. As the light envelops you, you smile and take it upon yourself. And you can say your goodbyes to whoever you wish. I'm just going to hold my hold my symbol and let what happens happen. Each of you just in your like... own time vanish into the light. And each of you in your own time reform into your original realms. Ogan, you find yourself at the gates of a large dwarven palace. Statues of dwarven lords all around you. The guardsmen there. As they all see this form, a butt-necked dwarf appear in front of them, just appear out of nothingness, a bright blinding, blinding light. But just as quickly as they kind of focus on you, they recognize who you are and they start to shout and cheer and bells are rung. Is it the prince? The prince has returned! And they run down to you. One of them grabs a cloak and wraps it around your naked form and bundles you into the city and you're whisked through this massive, vast dwarven city. Can I just say, it's okay. I know, well, I've been away a while. I, I still know how to dress masks. No, I don't. Can you just tell my dad I'm here? Oh, uh, yeah, can you do this? I'm bringing you to the king now. He's been worried sick. You've been gone for so long. And they drag you through the, this large dwarven castle. Like a, a massive, massive dwarven city. And you're, you burst through large corridors, large doors. And you find yourself then in the throne room as this lone old dwarf sitting on top of a, a massive throne at a high plinth. Hold, he's sitting there holding a, a helmet. You recognize your helm. As he's looking at it, he looks up and sees you burst naked in through the door, but just a cloth over you. He's like, my son, my son's returned. You're back. Oh my gods. And he runs down and embraces you. And he's like, I thought they got you, boy. I thought they got you. You're home. We can fight them together. Me and you, we're going to take these vampiric bastards down. And you remember that you and your crew were last lost 
in the tunnels underneath this great dwarven city, fighting a vampiric horde that had infested it. And you now have that battle in front of you. And that's where we Oh, go. wow. Right, Dad, I've got a, an epic tale to tell you, but we'll have a, we'll, we'll, we'll have a few pints while we go to the army. Oh, I missed, your, I missed your Croft. It's good to see you again. Let's go, Dad. Yeah! Um, Talazar, you materialize into a large kind of great hall. Not too dissimilar to the one you left in Terrace Moor, but you don't really remember it. You see the heraldry all around it. And you see confused faces as your monk form appears. As there is trepidation and precaution as they are all questioning who you are. And some guards move forward, bearing their blades. And then one of them recognizes you. It's like, I do not believe it is you. You have been gone for an age. Tell us. Tell us all. Where have you been? I, 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 I don't know. I... Tell me who I am. I've forgotten everything. I don't know. Is my name Talisar? Uh, and they look confused at each other. And the one that recognizes you is like, it is my friend. There is much to tell. And the king must be aware of your arrival. Come. And he kind of wraps an arm around you and gently leads you off towards the throne room. And you have inklings, small glimpse of memory, but fragments that you don't remember. As they guide you into this large throne room, Heraldry all along the walls, representing great houses that you've no memory of. And there, sitting on the throne, as he looks up, a large human form of a king. Who looks down upon you, concerned, and rushes forward to embrace you and seize your arm. And kind of recoils slightly and then reaches forward to embrace your other arm. He's like, well met, tell us all. It is good to see you once again, my friend. And the guard regales him like, you've no memory of your, who you are. It will come back in time. We will make you remember or help you remember. And they take you off to one side and begin to tell you of your, of who you are and of your past and where you came from. And that's where we'll leave Talazar. Loran, you materialize into a large field with a walkway <laughs> that leads up into a castle that you see that is very familiar. And you make your way towards it if you wish. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming that that be in his home, yeah? Yeah, of course, yeah. Cool, yeah. So he strides on up. Um, very much Cusco kicks like door, doors fly open. Um, hey, baby. <laughs> um, the guards are at the front portcullis and they kind of look at you in surprise to see you here and they kind of let you go in they don't stop you they don't stand in your way and you quickly make your way through these long halls all very recognizable as if you were only here yesterday but you do notice that they're sparse and not well kept and the guards that were once many are now few and their colours are of a slightly darker hue. They're not the same bright colours that you would be accustomed to within this realm. 
your parents both being quite very similar to yourself. It's not off the ground you licked it. It's like, you know, they have that same exuberant outlook and, you know, the, the love of everything fine. But now it's muted. And as you burst into the throne room, you see the familiar forms of your parents sitting up there. But your father scowls at you. And your mother looks disinterested. Your father just looks down and is like, Well, you have decided to grace us with your presence once more, my boy. Tell me, what gallivanting have you been up to? Hmm? What gallivanting have you been up to? What precarious adventures have you been going on with that despicable friend of yours? Okay, can we move past a friend thing? Okay, we were married. You need to get past your bigotry, Dad, first of all. Um, But, I don't know, I found some new friends, a weird little badger, um, a big strong woman, and um, an eldritch horror. Anyway, I'm home, and do we still have the silver silk sheets? Can you do me a favour and roll an arcana check for me, please, Ryan? Uh... Uh, my phone just died, so I'm just going to maybe use Ryan's dice roller for two seconds. Because okay, I know that's cool. plus three. Okay, cool. Okay, oh, yeah, okay. That'll be a 20... 21. Yeah. You, as you're speaking and as your father looks down on you disdainfully, you flash back to the memory of when you touched the heart and you saw that demon just flying around them. And you catch a glimmer of something behind the throne moving like a wisp of black tendrils that seem to grip around your father. And as you turn and look while you're speaking and talking of their bigotry, you see the mother has something similar that seems to have corrupted them in some way, that is controlling them in some way. Okay, well, who are you now? I thought I was done with all this. Don't you recognize me? Hi, darling, hi! Welcome How have you been? home to our Aww. kingdom. Oh. Well, you know what? It's better than what I had. And you just see these horrible, evil grins appear on your parents' face. And that's where we will leave Laurent. Cool. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah. Arat here. Do they still have the silver silk sheets? You find find the most silver and no silk of sheets. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Darling, when you're in smoke form, how do we boink? That's a bit inconvenient. I can inhabit any form I wish. Hot. Right, let's go. And you just see him, like you, 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 you guide him towards like the hottest guard you can find, or whoever tickles your fancy, and and he infects them in some way, and you have uh, a meat puppet just to play with once more. Gang, gang. All right, here. <sighs> the light dissipates, and you find yourself standing in a large room. A familiar room from what you had seen previously in the flashes of memory. An office of some sort. Piled high papers, large wanted posters on the wall. You look down at your uniform and it is that of the captain of the guard 
of the city of Neverwinter. You have arrived back. And as your memories return, you realize that you got a pile of paperwork that you left behind. And you look down <laughs> and you see this large globe that has a swirling sensation in it and it's marked on an evidence. Do not stare into for too long. And you get a memory of something. Yes, this was found in a temple. A new temple that has appeared in Neverwinter over the last six months that is linked with a spate of murders. The temple that worships Shazerat the Devourer. <laughs> and you were investigating it and this globe was part of the evidence that you found within the temple. And you have a memory of staring into it a bit too long than you should have and being teleported to a realm that you're starting to forget. You sit down behind your desk, you start to shuffle paperwork and the door opens and a surprised lieutenant walks in. Um, a large bugbear and he's look, looking down at you, his furry face, just uh, shock. Captain, um... You're back. Um, you were gone for so long. Um, it's been six months. We've been searching for you. We've given you up for dead. And now you just appear here in your office as if nothing has happened. And nobody did any fucking paperwork while I was gone? Well, it's it's only your cases. I, I didn't know where to start. You write in really strange handwriting. It's very small. Pirate here. Get better staff. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it seems I didn't hire you for your initiative, darling. Um, yeah, I have a, I have a strange tale to tell, um, and uh, I'll get started, I suppose. What? And you just basically focus down into your paperwork and look at all the stuff that starts to come back to you in your memory as you remember that. There's a lot to be done, and this city is a lot of work because there's crime about, and you really have to fix it. Um, Rosine, you, and that's where we leave our chair, obviously. Um, yeah. Rosine, you appear like the light then dissipates, and you find yourself standing in a long white hall, pillars of, of pure marble on either side as you step out, and you see your fellow patriots and fellow paladins of your order and some of them look up in shock as they see you enter in and some faces you remember but they seem to be a lot older than the last time you left like significantly older some of them have aged decades past and as you step out into the hall seemingly out of nowhere they rush forward it's like what where did you come from you weren't you, you weren't you, you weren't there no you were there and what divine energy is this? We've been... We left you for dead. You were... This makes no sense. I... I I fear it's a very complicated story, and I'm sure once I get my bearings, I can tell you everything that went on. Well, you were... As far as I remember, it's been a while, because, you know, I was 20 when you left. I'm 60 now. So, I'm having a hard time, but... Um, we were investigating a raid on a temple and you were there with us and then you weren't and then two other members went as well um, there was one, your sister and uh, she with you 
No. Uh, your sister, your sister Cody, did she go with you? And obviously my face reacts the way it's going to react. And I slowly say, no. No, I you don't You start to get so. memories back in your mind of your sister who was a very hard person to get on with most of the time, but she was a good person. And as the memory starts yes, to take in, the last thing you start to remember is her face. And then you see the face of the creature that you dispatched that was undead. You're going to leave me with the memory that I killed my own sister. <laughs> no, you saved your sister for being undead. Right. And you saved and, her friends. And you saved her friends as you remember the type of person she was and that if she was able to join the Holy Order, she would have. But she liked a bit more of the roguish lifestyle and being on the road. Yeah. And yeah. as you remember, you feel a sense of warmth that she's in a safe place now. The divine light shining on her wherever she may be. And you put your arm around your colleague as they're like, OK, you need to fill us in on what happened. As he gently starts to walk you away further into the temple. And that is where we'll leave Roshi. Norman. Uh-huh. You, are, uh, <laughs> you, you find yourself being pulled across time and space. The planar energy wrapping itself around you. Very welcoming. Very homely as you are pulled. And you feel your essence being stretched across time. And all of a sudden, <laughs> you are back. Your field of existence the energy all around you, that safe, welcoming feeling of home, the darkness, that common feeling that you are here, where you're meant to be, where you can stretch out through space and time and influence others. Spread the word of Shazerat the Devourer and be yourself. Is there anything Norman wants to do in this space? Um, yeah, I'm going to check in on... Uh... Once, once I get all of my uh, senses back, I'm going to check in on the ram and uh, yeah. make sure that he is preaching. <laughs> okay. Um, when I do check in on the ram, if 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 I spot that boyfriend, <laughs> I'm going to be like, I killed you once before. Stay down. <laughs> my human plaything. <laughs> I told you before, this one's mine. Actually, yeah. Can I smite your boyfriend? Yeah, fuck it, go yeah. for it. I'm gonna smite him. I'm gonna smite him with my powers. So, oh my god, Naran, what's the situation that yourself and Valak are in <clears throat> when he gets smited? Um, honestly, Loran does stay true to his word. He does kind of sing sing the bard songs off. Shazarath uh, across the land, but during the smiting, I don't know. We're probably just having dinner. Yeah, I want to <laughs> descend in my grand, like <laughs> tentacular glory and eat your house. <laughs> <laughs> and then I want to pick up your boyfriend and one of my tendrils and just div- just shove him down my throat. I'm like, learn your place next time, little bitch boy. I've, I've learned Loran's lingo. <laughs> and that is the like you see that happen as the the roof of the castle is just peeled away as his form falls down into it tendrils inking out towards Valak in the form that he has chosen for dinner that night and he is just 
yanked outwards and he cannot escape the grasp of Shazerat because Shazerat has now grown in power due to his adventures with this group and his he was a lesser being he has now elevated himself because there are now people thanks to Loran thanks to this mysterious temple in Neverwinter that has popped up out of nowhere the word of Shazerat mm. is spreading and his followers are many and he is growing more and more powerful Loran finishes his spoon of mashed potato Right. Loran, <laughs> look at me. I'm enormous and powerful now. Oh, you're like 10 foot of made of gold. <laughs> 14 carat <laughs> <carrot> gold. <laughs> are, you going to, are you going to come with me willingly or must I abduct you? Ooh, a little bit of both. <laughs> uh, I pick up Loran and like wrap him in a tendril. I'm like, now I'm going to go off to this temple I've got. That orc is there, and I'm going to send followers to bother her. <laughs> Loran wants to bother her, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to find that monk, and I'm going to give him memories, but they're going to be someone else's. <laughs> Ooh, ooh. He made like fake memories so that you could have him remembering sitting in the corner with a dunce hat on because he peed his pants. <laughs> oh, that's going to be very funny. And then, who else was there? I don't, I don't know. I didn't pay that much attention. Oh, I'm going to find whatever plane that Dick Trevelyan was from and I'm going to eat it, Loran. I'm going to eat the whole thing. All hail. Like lightning like strikes. And as the credits start to roll and you see just disappearing off into the ether with Loran grasped in one of his tentacles, the large form of Shazerat the Devourer ascends into the planar heavens. He's carrying me bridal style. <laughs> I win. Everything but me, I won. <laughs> and that is where we are going to end the finale of podcast Please Dungeons the Dragons campaign number one. Thank you to my players. Yes, Hogan. Can we we have a cutscene to what happened to Shelby, please? Shelby! (laughs) We need to know! Shelby Shelby dissipated into the ether and then reappeared in this beautiful, vast forest filled with other creatures, other owlbears. He finds a full Arabelle family and integrates with them and goes off and has small little baby owlbears and enjoys the rest of his days. His battle scars tell for many a great tale and makes him much sought after as a storyteller within the owlbear circles. And he lives a long and happy life. Woohoo! Thank you, everyone, for taking part. Thank you so, so much to all of my players. That was an adventure. Uh, oh, thank, thank you, Wayne. Guys, that was emotional. That was fantastic. That was over two years of D&D campaign from start to finish. Absolute chaos through all of the bollocks that we went through and been able to do it like this. Obviously, we would have preferred to have done it in person, but this is the finale. We hope you've been entertained. Mm -hmm. I hope all of you have enjoyed the journey. Um, There's probably loads of questions left unanswered and we may address them in in a future podcast or whatever, but... one of the biggest questions is how you managed to do two years with a party that didn't like each other. <laughs> <laughs> everyone everyone so kind of got a happy ending. We I guess. know, we know, we I know. got a totally happy ending. Did, the ending rocked. <laughs> I'm going to undo your happy endings. <laughs> yeah. 
and magnanimous. Guess I'm a big guy for campaign two. Um, like, so, um, like, yeah, this has been campaign one. We hope you've enjoyed it. We hope like you really have, you know, joined us for the ride and stuck with it. And it has been crazy. And thank you so, so much from my DM hearts to everyone that was involved. All of our guests who have joined us along the way. Um, thank you to all of you because you guys, the players, have made this extremely special for me as a DM. Um, so fair play to you all. You've made each character your own and down to every single one of you. Like, I can't imagine like, like the shit that you guys got up to and where you took it was just unreal. So fair play to you. Thank you so, so much. Um, it was like, just recording. Well, yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's pour one out for Codeine because, you know, she almost, yeah. she, got, she gave a bit of a fight at the end, but we'll see how, you know, she, she never got to stab Lorraine. Lorraine stayed too far away. Um, yeah. well, folks, thank you so, so much. Um, stay tuned for any news that we're going to have about campaign two. It's coming down the line. We're going to take a break for a while and, we may start it being able to do it in, in person. It's, it's, I've got the seeds of it sown already story-wise. So we'll see what happens. Um, we hope you will join us for that. But in the meantime, don't forget to check out podcast. Don't forget to check out our sponsors, Dublin City Comics. Uh, they're on Cable Street. Phenomenal people. Just go check out that shop. Check out their website, DublinCityComics.ie. Uh, um, brilliant people. Thank you so much for their sponsorship. Um, you can win. Where the fuck is it? This phenomenal Curse of Strad revamped. Um, answer the question what is the name of decks the deck of cards that comes with this that uh, basically determines where the players go within their adventure that is the answer to the question to win that congratulations to AEIOU who won um, the um, um, Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft I will contact you uh, via YouTube and get this out to you in the post thank you so so much to everyone Does, do you guys want to say anything before we finish up or are we done all good um... I'd just like to say thanks and for somebody who was a newbie two years ago to the world of D&D this has been an absolute pleasure um to everybody who's watched us thank you for believing um and uh, uh, yeah I had so much fun I'm not a noob anymore um I'll still probably have Failed in future games and be like how do i do that again dm <laughs> but uh yeah it's been it's been so so much fun yeah yeah thanks be- everybody although this is my probably this is going to be my last chance to make this joke um earlier on when we were in the library in trevelyan's library i pocketed a book of uh, erotic drawings just so I could say and we stole Trevelyan's porn was <laughs> <laughs> uh, the artist Naomi Noodle by any chance who knows um, okay, so it was worth the it's rare that, uh, that a gag can stand up after the fact but that one was worth yeah. it yeah yeah Thank you. Uh, you (laughs) What I would like to leave it on is uh, I just this very second realized Curse of Strahd revamped. It's very funny. (laughs) 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 Actively occurred to me until this very moment. That's what I guess I learned something today. Guys, it's been great playing with you all. Um, thanks a lot for everybody that's watched as well. Thank you. Um, here's for more shenanigans out of campaign too. Yeah, let's see how it goes. 
folks, stay safe, look after each other, and we will see you very, very soon. Thank you so, so much for joining Bye. us. Bye. Bye.